Welcome to No Concessions, a movie podcast where we explore subgenres of movies. Uh, this week's subgenre is: What if this was the Joker instead? What if this was the Joker <laughs> the entire time? Or is the movie called The Joker? Or is it called Joker? Joker. 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 What if this was Joker the whole time? What if Todd Phillips was less of a bitch? <laughs> <laughs> have you guys seen Joker? I no. have not. No, I, I don't give a shit about the character, and I don't want. Same. I'm not interested in seeing it. If enough people tell me that it's worth seeing, I might. But I'm like full on in. I'll catch it on. I'll catch it on home media. I'm not interested either. I. Plenty of you listening already know my feelings on the Joker. I just don't give a shit about the character. Mm. I think it's fun. It's a fun character once. Yeah. yeah. You get one time. That's it. It's been done very well already so it's just kind of like one of those things where do you need to revisit it also there's so many characters who have like actual motivation and like personalities yeah but you could even do hush just the dude who got plastic surgery to just look like bruce wayne like (laughs) like an actual like good hush story like hush as a concept is very cool and i don't feel like he's like the hush storyline that he was introduced in is bad and the the, uh the movie based on the storyline that came out recently one of the dc animated films is also is also bad so cool concept i would like to see like that kind of parallel of bruce wayne and tommy elliott being friends and then having like the same story but different because of motivation hmm. and then tommy just not being able to fucking deal with it that's not what the show's about though yeah <laughs> welcome to uh your new comic book the daily poll <laughs> i think that's already a comic book show the weekly poll maybe probably the daily poll would be insufferable because they run out of shit to talk about. <laughs> so from Monday's pull list, we're taking a look. Oh, I really like this webcomic by uh, Cam Del Rosario. Shout out to Cam. Bang, bang. Uh, <laughs> I had recently posted. this. That's not what the show is about. <laughs> okay. So welcome to No Concessions. Again, this week's review, we're doing Falling Down from 1993, starring Michael Douglas. Directed by Joel Schumacher. That's right. a surprise. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and after that, we've got our uh, titular segment, No Concessions, where we make a case for our favorite or least favorite movies of all time. And before that, we've got an intro segment with our buddy Sean, who's back. Hello, everybody. Let's, have, let's go around the room. I'm Denzel. It's been about a week or so since we've been here. Or two weeks. Mm. Maybe three. I don't remember. It's been two weeks. Two yeah. weeks. All right, I'm Denzel. You've heard the voice. Hey, I'm Sean. Uh, my second time on the show. Really, uh, really great to be invited back. I think you were on the first episode we did. Yeah, I believe so. Yeah, yeah. dude. Mm-hmm. Fucking come back, dude. Come back, kid, baby. <laughs> I bowled a 199 this morning. Congratulations, so close. by the way. Thank you. Congratulations. I was fucking pissed. <laughs> I fucking whiffed it. I whiffed it. Got all right. This is not what the show's see, I'm, about. I'm lucky if I break into three digits. I'm happy with a hundred. So. <laughs> I see you've got the the bowling wrist. That's right. Rest. Actually, yes, it's for practice. I just walk around and I practice my my bowling movement. The foot behind the other one too, like oh, up yeah. in the air. Yeah, kind of extra striking that pose every now and then. That's a good choice. Good, good way gotta, to live life. Yeah, you get that muscle memory going. You got to got to full go full into your <laughs> late forties, just <laughs> screaming yeah i'm charles i'm on the show all the time <laughs> all right let's start out with the uh questions that i gave you sean where we have to reintroduce sean because not only were we not doing these questions when you first were on but i needed something to pad out this first <laughs> segment <laughs> all right so what do you got first question dog mm-hmm. let's let's get into it what movie did you do you wish you saw on release day 
So I kind of went back and forth with a few different uh, films. And um, one that I settled on was uh, Alien, 1979. Um, I think that, honestly, seeing that in the theater for the first time, you know, it's like the first time you're you're getting introduced to this, like, um, Geiger slash Gothic slash every other kind of, uh, you know, uh, environment um, and, and setting and everything. And it's like such a, an interesting, unique take on kind of like um, suspense horror kind of films where you didn't really know what it was about. It's like you, you see the tagline, it's like in space, no one can hear you scream. It's like, oh, okay, what's going on here? You don't really know a lot about it. And I just think being exposed to it for the very first time, not knowing about uh, the actual creature itself because, you know, the creature has almost no real screen time in that movie anyways, which makes it even scarier because you don't know what the hell it is. Um, I think that going in, experiencing that for the first time on the big screen would be amazing. Honestly, just like it'd be a really, really awesome experience. Good answer. Thank Good you, answer. Thank you. Thank you. Second question. Movie you think should get a sequel. Mm. So I never actually came up with a good answer to this question. So okay. when, we were, when we were talking earlier, I was kind of thinking, and it's like some of the really good movies that have a really good um, universe, uh, I guess I'll go back to like Alien. You know, it's like you have these sequels that are created in the same universe because it's, it's an amazing setting. That's what people want to see. But everything else, any kind of like one-offs or um, anything else like that I could think of, you don't really want to see a sequel made because it would kind of ruin the movie itself, if that makes any sense. If you have such a perfect example of a film, you really don't want to see it stretched out, you know? Yeah, yeah. I would, I guess to give an answer, mm-hmm. uh, just because this came to mind, mm-hmm. give me a sequel to Prometheus that isn't Alien Covenant. <laughs> Fair. I actually really enjoyed Prometheus for a lot of reasons. Mm-hmm. But Covenant was dog shit. Mm-hmm. And there was a lot of like production shit. Oh, anyway, that's not what the show's, or it is, but it's. <laughs> I mean, that's literally what the show's, the show's about. Yeah, literally. Uh, moving on. Mm-hmm. Intellectual property that you think should be adapted to a film. Okay. And what um, do you imagine it being? Okay. Do you, guys, do you guys play a lot of video games at all? Here Every and now and again. Here and there. And there. I dabble. Um, so in 2001. Um, you've probably heard of the series, the Deus Ex series yeah. of video games. Yes. So in 2001, they released the very first one. And it was, in my opinion, is one of the best of the series. You know, you have this environment where every conspiracy theory is true. Like, Lil oh, Green, so George Bush did do 9 11. <laughs> and where was the Obama on 9 11? Yes, where was Obama on 9 Where was Obama on 9 They were asking the heavy hitting <laughs> questions uh, before he was even a senator. So. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Obama, where were you? Where were you, bro? Get, um, you released your long form birth certificate. <laughs> now I expect to see an alibi for 9 11. <laughs> but uh, getting back to the question, um, so. You have this you have this setting where every conspiracy theory is true. You have, you know, FEMA trying to suspend the constitution, take over the government. The government's released a plague and you know, they have they they released the plague, but they also have the antidote for the plague. Um, you know, it's like the whole um little green men kind of deal. Uh it's just 
It's such oh, a shit, very, they get the Majestic 12 in this game? Yeah, Majestic 12, Illuminati. Um, you know, it's, it's What's the Majestic 12? The, Holy the, shit. Oh, man. So, we don't have the time. Yeah. Well, just give me, so give me spark it's, notes. It's the age-old you know, cabal of uh, a few select people who are really running the world kind of deal. It's specifically about aliens. There was a... so. Oh, so it's got like the Nordics. Yeah. Okay. So Harry Truman's deal with um, with the Greys and the twelve, the twelve original intelligent races of the universe that all have presence and influence in the U.S. government, at the world government, <laughs> but specifically the U.S. government because their first point of contact was President Truman. It's fascinating. I mean, like, if I think I believe in aliens now, you guys. <laughs> so, and here's the fun thing about that the the deus ex universe yeah there is so much in it because it is all these conspiracy theories there's so much in it to where you could you can kind of take it in any direction you want and it would be fascinating you know it's it's just an incredible piece of intellectual property that i think would be i'm up to go back and play it to actually probably a a show you know for a few seasons at least because there's a lot of themes a lot of things to explore a lot of majestic 12 a lot it's very majestic the recent games the two recent games really kind of lose a lot of that i mean there's still a lot they of illuminati stuff do. but it's mostly just like it's sci-fi not, stuff yeah it's not as good it's like futuristic you know you have like the bio augmented people how they're uh treated yeah, in society they really lean into that yeah which is cool you know yeah, it's cool concept I, i'm into it man uh mankind divided i played about half of mm-hmm. and and you said oh this is too on the nose uh no spider-man came out so oh, okay. <laughs> i lost I, once i if i don't finish a game it takes me like years to go back to it yeah and okay. you're like, ah, do i really want to start from scratch yeah I exactly like, a, i can't a big up, hill to get over like, i want to pick up where i left off because what if i'm lost i do like that universe though it I is great a, i don't I'm definitely going to go and like find some way to play that first one dude but. okay so anyone that you can get it on steam it's a couple bucks and if you get it i recommend there's um a mod called give me Deus x or give me deus x it's like gmdx but it basically gives you um it upgrades everything to like hd texture packs Safe. fix some bugs um it kind of reworks a little bit of the augmentation stuff um it's just quality of life improvements overall but anyways yeah you should you should pick it up it's a few bucks on steam it's amazing a little dated but honestly the story is worth it i'm into it interesting that's good shit okay okay all right. Well, we can move on mm-hmm. to the rest of the segment. Yeah. Uh, in the news recently, my man's Martin Scorsese. Now somebody's got to come through and be like, "Yo, he said some wild, <laughs> racist shit uh, back in the '70s or whatever." But he had a take going around the internet recently where he effectively said the MCU movies aren't cinema and they're more like amusement park rides. And I was just like, "Yeah." That's accurate. Yeah. It's definitely accurate. But, I mean, what is cinema if not for entertainment and amusement? Yeah. I mean, the way I take it is the same way that, like, people define, like, subgenres of shit. So, Mm. okay, like, not all electronic music is uh, trap, festival trap music. Right. You've got house music. You've got deep house. You've got gabber. You've got happy hardcore you've got like you've got a bunch of subgenres like trance trance yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> you've got you've got a lot of things in there and the way that i just interpreted this is not as some old man yelling at clouds but more so this guy trying to make a separation between him and this other shit yeah mm-hmm it's like, okay, don't. Yes, we all make movies. Yes, it's all technically cinema. But like, this is not. Look, what I'm doing cinema. and what they're doing. 
Yeah, I mean, different doesn't thing. it seem a little like elitist though? Like, on yes. that same like shit the as a couple months ago when Spielberg was like, Netflix, Netflix movies aren't movies; those are TV movies. They don't count as the same shit I've been doing. And it was like, it's like literally this, the medium's just different. Mm. And then with like with the Scorsese and this, like it, it is, they're shaping. They are specifically shaping something to appeal to people in a specific way. And sure, it's a successful thing. But I think the fact that it's successful means that they're putting in the same amount of. I don't. I don't know if I can say the same amount of work. I'm not in film. I don't know how much work goes into that versus something like Taxi Driver, fucking fifty years ago, <laughs> forty-seven years ago. Don't jump down my throat. Was it really forty-seven? It's nineteen seventy-six. Okay, here's the full quote for from Scorsese. I don't see them. I tried, you know, but that's not cinema. Honestly, the closest thing I can think of them, as well made as they are, with actors doing the best they can under the circumstances, is theme parks. It isn't the cinema of human beings trying to convey emotional, psychological experiences to another human being. I get it. I because. Didn't this dude direct Wolf of Wall Street? Yes. Yes, he did. <laughs> a three-hour indulgent bullshit? Yeah, dude, where it's like there aren't actually consequences. Yeah. It's just dudes having a fucking sick time, and then they can't have a sick time anymore. And then they, <laughs> the dude who's, who it's based on that we're supposed to be condemning yeah. is in the movie? Yep. Yep. So yeah, I can get his point. This, uh, he directed Hugo too. This all right. He's kind of full shit. I think. <laughs> <laughs> I'm looking through because, like, you remember he Scorsese? No, never mind. I'm. I get what he is saying, and like the contrast. But they, I feel like while the MC movies aren't, you're not going to show that that shit at like cons or anything. But that doesn't invalidate their work and like how they appeal to people. No, I think nerds suck, and I agree. Anything that gives them a way to talk really loud about stuff is the worst thing that could happen. But that doesn't make the films like, and we've ta- we've talked at length about those films on a previous show. We all, we think most of them are bad. Yes, but yeah, still, they are. I think a lot of the movies of his that I've seen are bad. So I think Sam Jackson said it best. A lot of people don't like his films either. Who yeah. cares? Yeah, and I think a lot of it too. Kind of. So all right. So my mother and sister, they love you know anything like what is it like sisterhood of traveling pants kind of thing mm-hmm. um you know and it's like okay i'm not gonna sit down and i'm not you know i'm not gonna enjoy that yeah. movie if i watch it but to them that was an hour and a half of you know a great time for them they enjoyed it so it's like going back to your the movie reference or i'm sorry the music reference that you kind of made it's like you know he's some super cool dude shitting on pop music you know it's like some people like exactly. pop music yeah, there's like an inherent music? cultural yeah. value to yeah. the things that are popular because it kind of shows you where culture is at exactly. that moment in exactly time. and if you're just going to kind of shit all over that yeah you know it's it's just a very elitist view it's like okay you make what you're going to make doesn't mean everyone's going to enjoy it but it, you know if you can appreciate your genius and your in your you know cinematic genius yeah great but. and people are still going to see the irishman just because <laughs> spider-man came out this year like it's not no one is keep it's not like the mcu is pulling away viewers from something that martin scorsese is doing mm-hmm. yeah and it's important to note as far as i can tell he was prompted for this true and i don't and think he's he didn't just offer it he yeah. didn't like on some liam neeson shit <laughs> yeah. where he's just like yeah i tried to kill a black guy once <laughs> i was looking for black people to kill. no Mar- like i'm pretty sure the interviewer just asked him what he thought about the movie yeah in the context of the interview it well, he was just like and he even said in the in the like in his uh answer he's like i don't really watch them they're not for me he was straight up just like they're not mm-hmm. for me 
but because he's a filmmaker, maybe he felt compelled to like speak on it in the context of film as a whole. Yeah, because that's the only valuable lens that he can approach it from that yeah. people will take seriously. Like, this is going to go into things that we've talked about on a previous show, but effectively, if you're not in your realm of expertise, your opinion can only go so far. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right? Like, I let's say I do, I'm not truly an expert in IT. But you can take my opinion seriously mm. because I've worked in it in eight, for eight years. Yeah. Now, if you're going to ask me about fitness, that's different. Yeah. As, a, as a mother of two, I agree with you. <laughs> you know, as a mother. Yeah. So it's that's where you're from, yeah. exactly, dude. It's I, man. Yeah. So I I understand why he would approach it from that angle. Yeah. And it makes sense for him to do so for sure. The responses are what's kind of getting me. Yeah. Like James Gunn, for instance, was all the way in his fucking feelings. He tweeted, Martin Scorsese is one of my five favorite living filmmakers. I was outraged when people picketed the last temptation of Christ without having seen the film. I'm saddened that he's judging my films in the same way. That's actually what James Gunn sounds like. Yeah, exactly. Uh, Disney fired me because of uh, Mike Cernovich. But they rehired me because they like my movies. Because cancel culture is not a fucking thing. It's fake. Anyway, like, I... He's all the way in his feelings. And, like, I don't understand... I understand from... James Gunn has a movie coming out next year. That's why he's trying to keep... Oh, yeah. He's got to be relevant in the discussion. Make sure people are thinking of him. Yeah, he's got... He's on... He's on... He's slated for two big temple movies in the next two years. Well, it's Guardians 3 and then... Right? And then what was the other Suicide Squad 2 and then Guardians 3. Okay, right, right. Tight. Tight. I... Honestly, it's like... It's it's a situation where... I think people are making more hay out of it than they should be. He's a man who truly does not care. Like, I don't think he actually, he gave an opinion because he was asked about it, but yeah. I don't think he gives any thought to the MCU movies. He's 76. He's been making movies his whole <laughs> life. Right. It, the people have been making movies that aren't for him his entire, like, forever, because that's how m- the media works. Oh, I wonder what he thinks of all the Medea movies. Let's ask him. <laughs> hey, Martin, what do you think of the Medea films? The <laughs> man, Tyler, we go way back. Yeah, way back. I almost boy. mixed it up with De Niro. Like, Isn't he married to a black woman? But no, that's Robert De Niro. Oh, <laughs> uh, shit. Yeah, and then Samuel L. Jackson, as you said, said, well, people don't like his movies either. Fuck it. Yeah. Like, there's some people who don't fuck with his stuff. And Joss Whedon, let me let me find this. Let me find this. Because the whenever I hear Joss Whedon come up, I immediately want to mock him. Why? Yeah. Yeah. Because he, uh, didn't he recently get Me Too'd? No. Uh, well, Did like he? a year or two ago, maybe longer. It was oh, a, he cheated on his wife. He cheated on his wife. And okay. like, there's been this whole thing about how Joss Whedon has a lot of like feminist stuff in his work, which kind of it's like he was doing some stuff earlier than other people were, but he still treated a lot of people on this, on the, uh, in the cast of Buffy like shit. Um, look up some interviews with uh, charisma carpenter. If you want to hear more about that. But yeah. He cheated on his wife and people were like, Oh, he's supposed to be a feminist. And he cheated on his wife. It's like, you can be a bad person and still believe like you could do something bad and still believe that women should be treated equally. Yeah. He was like, yeah. had a <laughs> shitty relationship. <laughs> like he was a bad dude in his marriage. Yes. And he's been kind of out of touch on some stuff for a while, but he's not a bad dude. I don't think cheating on your spouse makes you inherently a bad person. I think Joss it's Whedon... It's still a pretty shitty thing to do. It's a shitty do, thing though. to do. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. I'm not condoning cheating. Right. It's just that, I mean, yeah, you can still be a pretty decent person and just make and a I mistake. Think there was a whole thing about his, like, 
the feminist stuff that he was doing versus the reality of him cheating on his wife. Okay. And those things aren't related. <laughs> I love my I wife. Exclusive, but mm. I love my wife. I- <laughs> Speaking of Joss Whedon, I, I feel like it's time to watch Firefly again. Which movie? Firefly. Oh, it's it's about that time. Yeah, okay. To rewatch it, you've you've seen Firefly, right? Yeah. yeah. Okay. The problem, the problem that I have with Joss Whedon's work is that the dialogue is overly performative in a lot of instances. So hmm. it doesn't feel like a natural conversation. It feels like people. It's like a play in the same way uh, that like Shakespeare plays would be done, where like, it's about the words. Yeah, it's not necessarily about what what's happening between the people. Okay. It's about how they're saying these things to each other. So you're saying it's not, it's not, because I mean, like Tarantino is known for his dialogue. There's not a lot of stuff happening, but the dialogue is great. You're saying Josh Whedon, it's like forced. It's not like a natural. I have the same problem with Tarantino as well. Really, like it's they're not natural conversations. the The dialogue doesn't operate in a way that, I mean, I'm sure. I did fuck with like Angel for a little bit and I'm sure I'd fuck with Buffy mm-hmm. but there's like a point in Joss Whedon's career when he was very Joss Whedon about everything that he was writing Yeah, and the dialogue is part of the problem and the way that the characters interact with each other because it, it again doesn't feel natural to me so when you have quip and then quip and then triple quip and then mm. you go for a five quip score or I whatever. think Avengers is a good example of that yeah yeah exactly like there's and there's, I have beef with the way that he writes, effectively, is what I'm getting at. Okay, fair. And Tarantino does something similar, except it's, it's like dialogue that's like trying to be too cool. I don't get, like, it's hard for me to explain. It's like, mm. and also, depending on if it's a period piece or not, I think Tarantino's best work specifically was Kill Bill Volume 1 and 2. Okay. And, uh, well, two less so than one because it was just like, why wouldn't you just make this one movie and then just cut out a bunch of these parts? It didn't make any sense. But But, as a whole, like holistically, those two things I think are really good. So if you look at like, okay, so Reservoir Dogs. Yes. You know, the majority of the movie is what, three scenes? It's like the the diner running down the street and then the warehouse. Yes. And it's like, it's mostly just dialogue. I I think it's expertly done. It's like his dialogue. It's really well done. But at a certain point people aren't good at what they do anymore right like okay i think that reservoir dogs is pretty good pulp fiction is pretty good Mm -hmm. kill bill because granted there's not a ton of talking in the movie it's just a lot of violence and i like that uh the second one less so there's more talking in that one less violence but hateful eight fucking weird and long dialogue i, I love like, that movie i couldn't stand it. i didn't finish it Dude, i made two attempts and i was like and he released the four hour version on netflix i haven't seen that but the fuck could be going on for four hours it's like <laughs> worth watching in that movie like i get if you want to do your like wide scenery shots like your landscape photography or whatever and you like find this shot that's really beautiful okay cool make a nature documentary and don't you don't have to put two people <laughs> standing Tarantino's in that nature area. documentary yeah, it's just a bunch of people yelling the N-word constantly. <laughs> it's like, oh, I found this bird that sounds like he's screaming the N-word. <laughs> and then it's Who's him, it? and they're saying it a bunch. Yeah, Who's it's just it? him off screen. <laughs> it's just out of frame. <laughs> it's just Samuel Jackson giving Tarantino his N-word card. Like, here you go. <laughs> <laughs> oh, he's re-ups every couple of years yeah. by casting him again. <laughs> 
Yeah. I ultimately, yeah. The the problem that I have is that I think the the dialogue in both of those directors' movies, and same with like Kevin Smith. I'm sure yeah, we've, had say this Kevin, mm, we've had this. We've had this exact discussion about yeah. Kevin Smith and Tarantino specifically, but Joss Whedon, yeah, big problem with that as well. It's performative dialogue, and I don't think I'm at a point in my life where I enjoy that anymore. Fair enough. But I think not to say that it shouldn't be enjoyed or can't be enjoyed. It's just not for me right now. I might I might look back and be like, yo, this is like I really enjoy this now. This is fun. <laughs> Joss Whedon's quote was actually pretty short. He didn't actually say too much about it. Uh, let's see if I can find it. I've got it. Oh, go ahead. I think of, I first think of James Gunn, how his heart and guts are packed into Guardians of the Galaxy. I revere Marty. What's a fuck off, Marty? <laughs> and I do see his point, but well, there's a reason I'm always angry. The latter, you know, that being a reference to the fucking line of dialogue he wrote in The Avengers. But yeah, he was just like, he was very kind of, I get what I get what both sides are saying. Not even both sides. Like I get what Scorsese is saying, but also there's movies like Guardians that are very personable, and there's a lot of human connection there, even though only one of the characters is human. He didn't say that. That's a stupid line of dialogue that I probably would have. <laughs> I, yeah, like I, I don't understand. Well, I guess no. I'll never. I don't think I'll ever be in a position where I feel forced to like defend one of my colleagues that mm-hmm. just works in the same field as me. That's not like one of my coworkers. So I could never, I don't think I could ever imagine what this is like, but you see shit like this happen in industries, especially around fame. When somebody says something, there's either a group for or against that people or that point for against that point or those people. Yeah. And people will start circling the wagons mm-hmm. and, like let's say for instance when PewDiePie did his Nazi shit, which I'm, I'm which time pretty oh ooh uh, the one where he had the kids hold up the sign that yeah. said death to all Jews or some shit, which I, I'm firmly in the field where I think PewDiePie is probably a Nazi. Yeah, but anyway, uh, when he did that, you saw a bunch of YouTubers come out and defend that, like oh he's just telling jokes, oh comedy is supposed to be subversive whatever that's a discussion for another yeah. time and then you you see something like this where james gunn and joss whedon are circling their wagons around marvel because that's where they're getting their fucking checks yeah. from they have a vested interest a yeah, literal keeping that going vested yeah. interest in defending uh, those films as they are yeah exactly so not to say that i think their opinions should be discarded but you should understand where they're coming from in the sense that they're being paid by marvel yeah so of course they're not going to say anything negative about a their own work of course b the company that's paying them massive money yes because while joss whedon has not directed a marvel film he still has a creator credit on agents of shield which is ongoing very nice those checks are probably very good After the break, we'll get into our review of Falling Down. (laughs) What's up? It's Denzel. I just wanted to take a moment to shout out all of our lovely patrons at patreon.com slash no concessions. You guys keep the bonus content flowing and it's great. It's great fun. I appreciate all of you. Now to read their names. Adrian T. Ash Princess Bidna, Brady R, Brian R, CJW, Charles P, Charles S, Chet Brown, Chris W, Dad, nobody's father. Oh, I don't think so. Not any of ours anyway. 
<laughs> Daniel W, Destro the Siege, Dicky, Doug Drew, Dynamo, Emilio R, Final Cake, Fish Nipples for Sale, Fun Kilo, James A W, Juice Campbell, Maddie M, Mel J, Mike C, Patrick M, Philip M M, Nikki, Rare Steak, Samurai Jack the Face Ripper. Saul G, Spirit Fury Fire, Swervalo, Vidal S, Willard TK, X the Janitor X, and Zach K. Thanks all of you for your support. We appreciate it. And yeah, we hope many more months for great shit. And if you like what you're hearing, you should join the Patreon, patreon.com slash no concessions. Get on there. It's rad, dude. What are you waiting for? And we're back. <laughs> I'm sorry. We just had a lovely, fun conversation uh, off mic that you guys don't get to hear. You'll never, yeah. you'll never know. You'll never know <laughs> what it was about. Uh, the, Falling Down was released on February 26th, 1993. It was directed by Joel Schumacher, produced by Timothy Harris and Arnold Koppelson <laughs> and Herschel Weingrad. Interesting last name. Written by Ebro Smith. Starring Michael Douglas, Robert Duvall, Barbara Hershey, Rachel Ticotten, Frederick Forrest, and Tuesday Weld. Music by James Newton Howard. Uh, cinematography by Andre Bartokwi. I don't know how to say that. I'm not <laughs> even going to try. Edited by Paul Hirsch. With a runtime of 113 minutes, a budget of $25 million, and a box office of... Forty point nine million. A twenty-five million dollar budget for this movie. Yeah, where does that money go? That seems high for this movie. Yeah, yeah. I must have gone towards the actors. Must have. Robert Duvall was big yeah. at the time, right? Mm-hmm. Same with uh, what's his name, Michael Douglas. Yeah, Rachel Ticotten had just done. No, how long ago? How long before this was? Uh... Fuck, well, Arnold Schwarzenegger goes to Mars. <laughs> Ghosts of Mars? No, go like the movie where Arnold Schwarzenegger. Oh, uh, Total Recall. There it is. Mm-hmm. And she wasn't really in that all that much, right? Yeah, she's not in very much in that movie at all. Yeah, but she was just the love interest. That's the only other thing I can think of that woman being in. I think that was what 1996. Okay, so damn. Let me now. I gotta look it up. It was 1990. It was 1990. Damn, quicker on the draw. All right, Melina. <laughs> See what the Polly Rick <laughs> Such a great movie. Yeah, so I love good. that shit. So I good. Love it. All right. Well, anyway, this movie is about a guy who has an extraordinarily bad day and he decides to take it out on the world. He, this reminds me of the movie God Bless America that Bobcat Goldthwait did. And. That movie basically was this dude who was fed up with society, the American society, and decided to go around killing people. Mm. It was really weird. It was a dumb satire movie, and it wasn't very good. But Bobcat Goldthwait was really proud of it, so that's cool. Bobcat. (laughs) (laughs) This movie is... uh, it's interesting. I would, I, I guess, off top, I would recommend watching it for yes. sure. Yeah, of course. It's really kind of a crazy movie. It, it starts out with Michael Douglas's character 
whose name is William something, William Forrest or something like yeah. that. Mm-hmm. But they just credit him as defense. Yeah, that was interesting too. Like how the how people were credited and like in the credits was an interesting decision. Yeah, because almost none of their names are used. All these characters have names, mm-hmm. but almost none of them are used. Yeah, it's always like what their circumstance was. And yeah. I thought that was really interesting. Exactly. It starts out with Michael Duvall sitting in his car and he's having a fucking panic attack because he's he's sitting Michael in Douglas. Michael Douglas. Who did I say? Michael, Michael Duvall. Duvall. Michael you just Duvall. put two of their names together. <laughs> <laughs> uh, shout out to Michael Duvall. I'm sure he's out there. If you're listening, what's up, man? Uh, Michael Douglas is sitting in his car. He's having a panic attack. Luckily, he's not sitting in direct sunlight because I've been in a traffic jam where you sit in direct sunlight for about 20 minutes. Just baking. Yes. Baking inside your car. Horrifying. His AC doesn't work. Yeah, he can't roll his fucking window down. Yeah. Uh, I was really triggered by the children <laughs> screaming on the bus. Just throwing crap out of the windows. Yes. It was awful. Painting you a mind picture here. Imagine in your head just construction on a three-lane highway going down to one lane and for some reason the traffic's just not moving maybe this is what it was in the 90s i don't know (laughs) i don't know i couldn't tell you i really like this scene because it kind of sets up what the entire movie is going to be about you know it starts off you have a shot of him in his face and then you know the little kid looking at him from the car in front kind of pans over to a bus full of screaming kids and then like slowly it like cuts to those again and again and again closer and closer and yeah like those two assholes in the convertible yeah the lady um, putting on makeup. Yeah, the music just kind of reaching this like crescendo, and it's just this. Um, it just kind of shows you this like. It's jarring. Yeah, it's just a culmination of things that just build and build and build and build until he he can't take it. He kind of breaks, and that just sets up like the whole movie. And like, yeah, you kind of feel the tension right there with them. Yeah, and That's I what, get it. I don't like sitting in traffic. I don't like kids, and I don't like women wearing makeup because <laughs> I'm a traditionalist. <laughs> Denzel wears the makeup in, yeah. in, the, in the relationship. I, I wear the pants and the makeup and in the this lipstick. relationship. It's 2019. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Deal with it, America. <laughs> uh, basically, after he has this little freak out, he hops out of his car, and the dude behind him is like, hey, where are you going, huh? Where are you going? You can't leave. And he's like, I'm going home. I'm going home. Mm-hmm. And it, it reminds me of like those cliched sports commercials. <laughs> yes. Where it's just it like, we're taking it home, boys. We're bringing it back home or what? Some ambiguous term yeah. where like one guy starts walking and then a crowd of people start walking behind it's, him. It's straight up like a beer commercial, but like <laughs> it doesn't turn into the part where everyone gets on board with them. <laughs> he. He gets out of his car and he bounces. He leaves. And the first stop he makes is at this dude's convenience store. Mm-hmm. And I get it. Like, there are things that are in this movie that are relatable to me. I've had people change the price of things when I walk in. Like, and I just go to buy some shit. And things have been a little bit more expensive than they should have been. Such as gas right now. Yep. Mm-hmm. The gas is fucking crazy right now. Yeah, fuck off, California. Pretty so, bad. Are you fucking... I paid $4.20 yeah. per mm-hmm. gallon. Nice. I, but also... I I filled up my tank. I put in a quarter tank, and I was just like, well, mm, that'll this be is going to last. <laughs> <laughs> this is going to do until... Yeah, I got excited about seeing three ninety nine the other day, and I was like, fuck off. This is bullshit. Yeah, it, gas right now would be like three thirty or something like that. It was... A month ago. Yeah. yeah Do you know what? what happened? No. 
uh, there was some refinery or some shit bombed in Iran. Sick. Oh, shit. Yeah, okay. the U.S. bombed some shit in Iran, and then the gas went up. And then uh, the fuck, the, the what's it called agency uh, just recently freed up land in California for drilling. For oil mine, where do you? Yeah, you drill for oil. Yeah, drill for it, yeah, yeah. It's Central Valley, California. You can frack for it. And yeah, just they're gonna fuck up start, everything else. Yeah, they're gonna fuck up Central Valley, California. That's cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah, let's fucking. Anyway, that's not what this podcast hey, is. About. As long as it saves me a couple cents at the pump, destroy the environment. That's fine. You know, do whatever. Yeah, you, need you to know, do. as long as it saves me money. You know, <laughs> fuck everybody else. The answer is not practical and effective public transportation. It's, <laughs> it's just fucking environmental home. destruction. <laughs> yeah, to dude. fuel more environmental destruction. Yeah, exactly. But fuck. So he uh, goes to a convenience store. <laughs> he goes to this convenience store and he's just like, "Yo, I need change." And the dude's like, "No change." After he like puts the change, he's in literally the opening a bunch he of quarters. Slam. It looks in the eye. Slams the drawer. I've been in places. I've been that in that exact situation. It's like, what are you doing, dog? Just give me fucking change. What are you talking about? Who does this hurt? Yeah, right. we're not. You're not losing anything. I'm giving you a bill in exchange for coins. It's the exact same currency. Please just give me a different form of it. Yeah, I'm surprised there wasn't a bit in here where he tried to use the bathroom somewhere, and they were just like, no public restrooms. <laughs> Think about this. Think about this. If you're a Lyft driver or an Uber driver, where can you go to the bathroom? Yeah. Because there's nowhere where they'll allow you to just walk in and use the bathroom. And there aren't, this isn't like downtown San Jose where you can just pop into a stall somewhere mm-hmm. and use the bathroom because they have them on every street corner or whatever. You just have to go in somewhere and hope they allow you to use the restroom yeah. or go piss in the street like I've done multiple times <laughs> and hope that a cop doesn't see yeah. you or somebody doesn't take a picture of your wee wee. There's been so many times <laughs> that I've pulled into a neighborhood and I'm like, where is the nearest park that I can hide behind something cuz I it has to happen right now and I'm too far away from home. Yeah, I pulled off of the freeway and just pissed on the side of the freeway because it gets dark out there. <laughs> it's if you're driving between like here and northern California, mm-hmm. there's just like rarely just anywhere. Yeah. 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 Like, you can't just hop off and go to a gas station. And luckily, the people in the Central Valley of California aren't monsters. And yeah. They'll let you use the bathroom. So, good. So, so, weird kind of side note about this. So, something I found, actually, it's like, if you have to kind of discreet pee somewhere. So, if you take out your phone, you know, you go, you stand against whatever little wall or whatever. If you take out your phone and just kind of hold it up as you're peeing and just pretend like you're t- trying to take a picture of something in the distance. Like, you just hold it up. You just pee. Pretend like you're taking a picture, and then as you put your phone back in, you know, you just handle you, your business. You, yeah, you package everything up, and then you be on your way. And it looks like you're just stopping and taking a photo. I do on occasion, depending on where I am. <laughs> I, what I do is I I lean against the wall, facing the opposite. Like if it's in an alley, oh, just like you're just hanging out for a second. Yeah, like, like I look at my phone. I've got my phone out, <laughs> and you're just like, <laughs> and then I'm just I just pee while I'm like pretending to use my phone. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know. Sometimes it's necessary. Other times it's not. Because, like, if it's behind a dumpster, because that's typically the place where I'll go, <laughs> my back is... Fa- Why am this I talking? This is taking a turn. This yeah. is taking a turn. Anyway, he goes into this dude's market, and he needs 50 cents so he can fucking breathe heavily into the phone. Right? He had just gotten... He had just called and then didn't say anything. Yeah. And I'm like, I was, I was like, that's weird. 
at this point you're not entirely sure who this woman is but he's he's on a payphone in the city yeah. and he calls uh his ex-wife and he just is silent on the phone and she like rushes to get in the house this is something that i don't miss from the 90s just a oh, phone on cool. a cord yeah <laughs> or just having a house phone in general yeah mm-hmm. just oh shit I have only one place where you can contact me and I have to run really hard to get in there so I don't miss your call. You I don't to, have an answering machine. Or like if you're uh, when you're younger, you call and just hope they're like, this chick's dad doesn't answer the phone. You're like, <laughs> oh, yeah. Hey, Mr. Peterson, this is, uh, this is Sean. And like, and like, what do you want? Like, uh, What you do is you just hang up as soon just, as you hang <laughs> up and then you call back like five or so minutes later and hope she answers, dude. That's what That was my technique anyway. i just got in trouble for using too many text messages (laughs) did you really yes it's 2019 what the fuck no back in uh oh oh, back in the day i'm sorry i was like i didn't i i didn't i never called because like you know we had cell phones and stuff but i never called out i was just like text but this was back when there were no texting plans it was just you get charged 10 cents for a text message and then our bill was like 180 dollars and my dad was (laughs) not happy about it (laughs) i could imagine and i was like dad i'm trying to do something i'm 13 i don't know what i'm trying to do but i'm trying to do something i'm trying to figure this out please dad i'm just i'm trying to make sure that you have grandchildren okay so he goes to michael douglas is in this korean market or not even a korean market it's the just market a owned by store. Korean guy. a little bodega and then yeah effectively what a bodega is corner store or whatever you want to call it he goes in he's like i need change the dude's like no change you got to buy something fucko and so michael douglas goes over to the refrigerator and he grabs his can of coke like it's a fucking coke commercial it's oh fuck it's weird so he takes it out of the fridge and he's like rubbing himself with it because it's a hot fucking day and i swear to god i've seen this in commercials before where you just take it out and you press it on your body like the slow exhale like you have to buy that now you fucking weirdo (sighs) he puts it in and grabs a different can it's 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 just the same kind of soda but he just grabs a different can and buys that one no he doesn't like that one's got what on it. I don't want. Yeah, he's like, this is gross. <laughs> like, ugh. If somebody was rubbing it all over their body. <laughs> why do I want that? It's so gross. He goes to the counter. The dude's like eighty-five cents. And Michael Douglas is like, "What the fuck, man? I need money to make a call. The only reason why I'm buying this is so I could have." change to use the phone and this is a 93 i'd be mad to pay 85 cents for a can of soda now yeah mm-hmm. i i mean they cost about a buck 25 i think which is can. fucking wild yeah it's insane convenience stores are truly charging you for the convenience <laughs> <laughs> yeah just go to a grocery store and these guys probably weren't even certified wholesalers nope. they were probably just buying six packs or like fucking 24 packs on sale at the grocery store taking them out of the box putting them on in the the, uh, cooler exactly he at this point michael douglas freaks out he's like 85 fucking he's he's relatable up to this moment yeah because we've all been stuck in traffic Mm -hmm. we've all been disallowed from getting fucking change somewhere right we've all had to pay too much for something that we don't want in order to get change like i hate the fact that i can go to a goddamn store today if this was in the movie i would have been like yo like i fucking kill you you go to the store and you say hey can i get a roll of quarters and they say we don't give out rolls of quarters bitch where do you do your laundry where do you do your laundry i need a roll of quarters so i can do my fucking laundry where are you doing if i buy something right now you're gonna open and i pay cash for it you're gonna open your register and i can see rolls of quarters in the red don't do this to me what do we you have access to a bank. You can just ask them for more of these. It's 
approximately 10.30 p.m., sir, and for some reason you can't give me a roll of fucking quarters. You need that $50 in quarters. Ugh. Just chilling on the side of the register. Um, I think, honestly, though, like that's why... That's why he's so fun to watch. His character is so fun to watch. Is because he's relatable. He, yeah, that is why this works, but yeah. it's also like really jarring. Because everything well, yes. he goes off about is like, these are legitimate points this insane person well, is here's, Yeah, here's the thing. He's like the anti-hero, but it's like, we've yeah, like Denzel was saying, we've all been stuck in traffic. We've all had like, you know, um, bodega incidents. Um, you know, we've all been in these certain situations that he's been in. It's just, you know, we don't deal with them the way yeah he i does, also feel that golf clubs are a fucking racket golf clubs shouldn't exist yeah yeah but uh, we'll get there yeah we'll get there i will we he, <laughs> on so many tangents he he gets into the argument with the clerk and then the clerk takes out a bat to like scare him off or something maybe even to fight him yeah and michael douglas wrestles the bat out of his hand he's like what were you gonna do with this would it like what what Come on, what's happening here? And then eventually the conversation breaks down when the clerk calls Michael or the clerk tells Michael Douglas to take my money. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And Michael Douglas is like, what? You think I'm a thief? You're the thief. And then he walks around the store and he's like, what? How much do these donuts cost? A dollar twelve? Yeah, right. (laughs) Pow. And he just hits it with a bat. And then he walks down further. How much is this aspirin? Donuts. Pow. (laughs) Just so busting up his store. Oh, how much are these? Five, no, four sixty-two. Huh? Nice, nice try. try. <laughs> this packaging looks a little bit suspect. He just sweeps everything off of it, and like I understand uh, feeling triumphant after you beat somebody to their own bat. Right? right. He reaches to get the bat to scare you away, and you take it from him. But like going around and fucking up his store. And this is the best part. This is the best part. And this is where I couldn't decide whether or not the movie was trying to be ironic or whether or not it was like actually trying to present him as the good guy. Like, yeah, this is all justified because he takes his dollar and he intimidates the clerk into giving it, giving him the can of soda for 50 cents mm-hmm. instead of just reaching into the register and getting change for a dollar, he right. still buys the soda. Well, it's, that would be a personal attack on the storekeeper. The thing is, he's not attacking people. He's not attacking the storekeeper. He's attacking the injustices that he sees in society. The system. Yeah, he's like, you know, he sees these injustices and he feels wronged. And he's just kind of, in his mind, he is the good guy because he's just attacking these injustices. Yeah, and there are a lot, of, there are a lot more moments like that. I mean, there's specifically him paying for stuff like that be, you know that becomes a thing later but like there are a lot of those like moments where you're like he really does not think that he's in the wrong at any point and be, but and because like the some of the points he's making you're like legitimate points yeah you're like man you're so you're so fu- like, you know when you like see someone on twitter like make a really stupid point but it's right there and mm-hmm. like you're so close to understanding what you're saying Yes. And like truly getting to like the meat of it, but you're not quite there. He's almost on the other side of that where he's making a really good point and he's so close to like understanding that injustice and actually knowing what to do about it. And instead he chooses uh violence. Yeah. That reminds me of this argument that somebody got in on Twitter where they're like, I'm not gonna use anybody's pronouns that they want me to call them. That's stupid. And somebody responds to him and he <laughs> 
<laughs> the person that responds to him is like, it's not that hard to use they or there when instead of he or she in a conversation. And the dude replies like, I'm not going to use their pronouns. It doesn't make any sense. And then the person replies like, you just did it. Like, I don't get it. And the dude was just like, well... This is a different. This is a different case. This is different. It's like, oh, you were so fucking close. Yeah, you're right there. You you're on the so precipice. Close. Yeah, you almost <laughs> got it. You almost. You almost. You should have just tweeted. Oh, I was wrong. But yeah, just just own it. Just like, oh shit, you're right. I do it all the time because that's how our language works. <laughs> yeah. When the gender of the subject isn't important, you, we have neutral pronouns, and some some people just want you to use those neutral pronouns all the time. Yes, not difficult. Michael Douglas leaves with this bat yeah he just fucking rolls out does what does his thing and he while he goes out to the street he makes a call in front of like these two suspicious dudes who are obviously dancers yeah anybody else get that vibe yeah, watching these dancers? dudes yeah dancers well, like, like some west side story stuff is gonna happen where they're no, gonna like, no, like, like the, the actors were yeah the actors were dancers i mean like just looking at them there's a physicality on, to how they like even how they walk even it's like is this exaggerated on purpose? Yeah. And the answer is, no, that's just how dancers move. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> but they were like fit and they probably just showed up to this because again, $25 million budget, not huge. None of these, act- most of these characters don't have names, but yeah, you can tell it's like, there's a casting call. We need two uh, Latino dudes. We need two dancers. Who like look to threatening, but yeah. not like beefy. Not too threatening. Yeah. <laughs> you got to look threat. He makes the call and his wife's like, dog, I know it's you. Stop fucking calling here, B. Like, stop it. Mm-hmm. Stop. And she, they have this conversation, and he storms off after she hangs up on him. And he goes to sit in this park, and these two dancing thugs <laughs> come up. They're not dancing They're not in the movie. dancing in the movie. Yeah. They're, uh, once you see it, you'll know exactly what I'm talking about, just based on how they move. Yeah, I'm, just watch that scene again. There is a, <laughs> they move very smoothly, and even when like, they're walking, like kind of quote-unquote thuggishly, there is a deliberateness to it that you'll recognize if you've like, seen people who are very in a lot of control of their bodies like dancers are there is a physicality to how they move you're like especially when they're like walking in the circle because they lose that <laughs> yeah. gate they lose that gate that they had when they were walking up the hill that's like that's a very deliberate gate but then when they're like walking in circles it's so smooth yeah i, it's, like, miss this. It's I missed freaky. this i'm gonna have to go back and rewatch this scene yeah yeah like we'll, totally we'll put it, it on right after this okay. dude i'm tell. it's so crazy to me it's crazy anyway these two dancing thugs <laughs> are like yo you're trespassing oh oh no this movie i missed this important part uh it, there's like weird racist shit in this movie. Yes. While he was talking to the Korean dude, he goes off on this fucking weird rant where he's at the time we don't know he's Korean, but like if you're oh his xenophobic rant like yeah he's yeah. like how much there's money a, there's a country? V in that word like he says like he says when he's, uh, he's like eighty five cents eighty five he says eighty five it's like and he's like it's like quiet at first like that quiet you know that quiet California racism we've all seen yeah where he's just like kind of mumbling to himself at first i don't like, know what you're talking about <laughs> you're from the east coast right yes yeah so yeah, yeah. it's, it's, it's loud more out there. overt there yeah. especially on lacrosse fields yep anyway there's a, i have a whole thing with lacrosse we'll get into it at some okay. other point uh anyway it's he says you come to our country and you don't even bother to learn the language and i was just like okay so there's definitely a segment of the country who's watching this and is like Michael Douglas is right. Yeah. I hate these Chinois people. It's just, it's French for Chinese. 
which middle Americans definitely use all, all the time. <laughs> if there's one thing middle American racists love, it's the French. It's, it's it sounds the French. it sounds classy and insulting at the same time. Yes, yeah. Maybe it's chinois. I don't know. I I, had, I I didn't know that was a, that that was French for Chinese. But when you said it, I was like, God damn! They yeah, say like drop an actual slur. No punches. He's pulling no punches right now. Uh, the show is canceled. <laughs> it's like, yo, I gotta canceled. go. I gotta. I got some tweets. I gotta draft real quick. <laughs> I got a no concessions podcast takedown article. I gotta send in. <laughs> Denzel. Huge racist, as it turns out. <laughs> you and your seventy listeners need to. <laughs> <laughs> oh shit! He says that shit, and then later mm-hmm. on, uh, this is it comes up again in this exchange where he's talking to the two thugs. Uh, they tag something, and they were basically like, "You see that there, Holmes? It looks like it says no trespassing, Holmes. You're you're fucking trespassing way." And he's like, "Well, if you wrote it in fucking English, he's like, I'd be able to fucking a, understand. Yeah. It. Is this a gangland thing? Am I in your territory? Is we're having a territorial dispute?" So I think that goes along with a little bit of his character too, because you can you can definitely tell later on when uh, they're panning around like his mother's home and stuff. You see his military service medals and things like that. So you know if he was in um you know vietnam was he's not, not old enough he's not old enough for t- vietnam yeah but Good it was still desert storm yeah, yeah. it's like because it's 93 so sentiment. like being in the gulf would have been or even like the you know he could have legitimately he's old enough to have been in the korean oh, war because that was like right what, so late 80s you know, yeah yeah so i think it just gives you a little more background on his character like, yeah and it's interesting too because he goes off on that kind of like xenophobic tangent then later on in the movie you know, he's disgusted when he meets this Nazi guy and he's like, we're nothing alike. We're nothing alike. Uh, we'll and get to that. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. yeah he does. He's so like, it's, just, it's interesting do you have any how, idea he, how he views what? himself in his own mind, you know? Yeah. The interesting thing, like in the exchange with the, the clerk, you know, the guy at the corner store, when he was like, you have any idea how much my country has given your country? And he's like, <laughs> how much? He's like, well, I, I don't know the exact numbers, but like, it's a lot. It's a lot. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, man, was, was this movie made this year? What the fuck? <laughs> <laughs> the same shit, dude. The history where time is a flat circle, baby. Uh, so this, so he has the confrontation with the, 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 two, two thugs. the two thugs and he still has the bat from the Korean dude. Yeah. They're like, Hey, Give, make, run that briefcase, <laughs> pussy. Give us that briefcase. Threatens him with the uh, with a butterfly knife, and he does it sloppily too. Yeah, he's like, they could have done it slowly. Like, he's like, give more it than up. one take. They it's the dancer. It's the dancer movements. Yes. He, he threatened him with like a flourish. <laughs> give me a briefcase. <laughs> it's like this is not a rapier, dog. Like <laughs> whatever. So he threatens him. He's like, yo, run your shit. And Michael Douglas is like, yeah, I'll give you the fucking briefcase. And he turns around and he fucking nails the dude in the arm with the bat and fucking clubs the other dude, and they both run off. Yeah, and he. He drops yeah. the butterfly knife and he picks it up and that's important for stuff later yes so I, I love that throughout this movie it's like this guy is like getting slowly getting weapon upgrades yeah it escalates you know, like, yes yeah, yeah he starts with the bat and then like you know later the next scene now he gets a knife you know the bat's gone he's like oh, a little better and then later on he continues to upgrade his arsenal yeah throughout the movie he walks so he splits and this is about the point when we're introduced to michael duvall robert duvall uh <laughs> pendergrass the cop he hops out of his car in the traffic jam. He was in the same traffic jam as Michael Douglas was. And he yeah. helps his cop and this other dude push the car. Fun fact, that other dude is Eb whatever, the writer. Oh, really? Yeah, it's a fun little cameo by the oh, writer. That's, oh, that's nice. the annoying tile salesman. <laughs> <laughs> I'm tile sales myself. That's cool. Yeah. So they push the car off the road. And the cop that's there is just a dickhead. He's is, a cop in L.A. Yeah. Yeah, he's 
he's dressed as a California Highway Patrol yeah. officer. And so they push the car off the road. One bit of comedy in here. The officer's bike falls over, which I'm pretty sure was just like a mistake that happened. And it probably just, just happened on set. And they're like, whatever, yeah, ad lib. Yeah. Uh, and he leaves the writer, the tile salesman, holding the car yeah. in place. Yeah. And that was pretty good. It's I a good like, little bit. Oh, Simple like, uh, visual officer? comedy. And he's like trying to get his attention. And then it just cuts away. Because <laughs> those people don't matter anymore. But it's a good little like slice of life bit that is like it's a good amount of levity. Based on what we've just seen happen. Yeah, Fair, yeah. Yeah. And as it turns out, this is Robert Duvall's last day as a cop. He's retiring. And he's like, oh, defense. That's a weird license plate. <laughs> and then were, he goes to work. They were weirdly on the nose with that one, though. I feel like it's like, oh, well, it's my last day. You know, last day, last day as a cop. Hopefully nothing bad happens to me. Last yeah. day. You and know? That's, that's something that right. I like how it's paid off. At I the like end. that it's subverted, but yeah, it is really like they're hitting that shit hard. Yeah. His coworkers the entire time are like, look, dog, it's your last fucking day as a Hope cop. We don't die. Remember that last guy who retired? He fucking died. He, he died. died. He had two days to retirement and he was murdered. You're like, not even 30. <laughs> and it was like 30 minutes before his last, before the end of his last day. <laughs> he got hit by a, a runaway impound. Like, I, know we've, I know we've worked together for 15 years, but I have nothing else to say to you then. I hope you don't die. <laughs> <laughs> they do. I think they do do a good job of like sprinkling in like the other little stuff, like how he's, you know, been working, at, you know, he's been had taken a desk job like mm. it's clear that something happened to him like relatively recently mm. and he's kind of taken a step back as a result like they kind of give him some shit but they're like he's still an older member of the force like they respect him but they're like kind of like come on dog are you scared like what's your deal yeah <laughs> we got you this big cake big guy happy last day your <laughs> wife's a whore by the way <laughs> yes <laughs> he gets shit on <laughs> he gets shit on by his coworkers pretty relentlessly it's pretty fucking crazy yeah and there's that there's you know his i guess his ex-partner we find out uh paid by rachel Tacoten or however you say her name and she's like the only one of her his co-workers that respects him at all <laughs> yeah which but, is sad because he's like a, he's genuinely just kind of a decent person he's probably the only one of like two good cops in that entire <laughs> precinct him and his ex-partner who that, like doesn't treat like the suspects or like you know when they pick up I mean, we'll get there but like he's like a, he seems like a decent person like a good person who likes his job yeah and like likes genuinely likes seems to like his coworkers, even though they're like shitty to him and it's like we he gets a call from his wife and she's really upset and he's very cool about it like he calms her down and we don't know what the fuck it's about yeah but, and we really never find out what it's actually about that's a weird thing that we can talk about when we get done with the yeah i mean recap. basically even when he walks into the office like he pulls out of the picture pulls out the picture yeah. of the little girl his daughter mm-hmm. and then his wife calls like frantic and she's just like i got really scared doing some shit and it's like hold on so obviously something's off here yeah, yeah I think like you you that's when you really because at first you're like all right, this is an older officer, and yeah, he's like at a desk job, but they're being real. Like they point it out, and that's what makes it weird. Because like he he would have a desk, but he's like you've been writing the desk, so it's like not like you're really at risk for anything happening today. But just mm-hmm. in case, you know, just, you know how cops die case. when they're supposed to retire. <laughs> AC units fall out of the ceiling. Yeah, pianos just in the middle of the street while you're crossing it will just that, drop that, on you. The Acme piano. Yeah, yeah. so bills. Yeah, all sorts of shit, man. Yeah. Yeah, so when she calls and she's really upset, and you're like, okay, some like there's something deeper here. I think they they kind of touch on it like a little bit later when he tells his old partner like 
you know a little bit more about her like, yeah oh, well, that's when they like they make off. it explicit yeah then you know, like, there's yeah. like some issues going yeah. on yeah because then even like before that he when he's having the meeting with the sergeant or whoever yeah i think it's sergeant uh he's like you're not retiring because you got injured are you and so like, all right well he probably got shot on the job and that's stressful yeah, he's re- he's also old as shit. Yeah. So it's like, of course he's retiring. He's been working the desk. He's only a sergeant. And he's yeah, been... Yeah, that is kind of weird. He's a sergeant and the dude's like 70. Yeah. It's like, come on, dude. It's Robert Duvall. At least he looks at retirement age, right? Which he, in the he doesn't 90s, look like he doesn't look like he's too young to be retiring. Yeah. Like he doesn't look... And they right. do mention that he's retiring early. It's like, he looks like he's been on the force. <laughs> For I've been 30 in the years. For like, 400 years. <laughs> I've only been shot once. Thank like, you. Very I guess much. You know, some people don't age super well, but or I, like, I don't even want to say age super well. He's balding. A lot of dudes go balds in there. <laughs> yeah, in their true. late he's 20s, like, early 30s. Like, it's not a big deal. <laughs> but he like looks to be at least in his early 40s, which I'd say 50s, probably. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's whatever. He's going to Lake Havasu. With yeah, his he's wife. retiring, and they make, they make a point to point out that he's retiring early. But that he's moving to Arizona. Yeah. They do bring up one of my favorite fun facts is that the London Bridge, the original London Bridge is in Lake Havasu and <laughs> Lake Havasu City, like they, in the 80s, they paid a bunch of money <laughs> to get the, because uh, they, the, they were replacing it in London. Um, the, if you if, think of the London Bridge in your head right now, mm-hmm. you're wrong. That's the, that's the Tower Bridge. The London Bridge <laughs> is just a shitty... <laughs> like normal bridge that does not have any cool architecture over it. It's literally just bricks over the river. It's completely flat. It's boring as fuck. Um, the new one or the old one? Oh, they they rebuilt it exactly the fucking same. They didn't even uh, do anything. <laughs> so you know, the, so you know the scene in what was it? Far from home. No, that that's Tower Bridge. <laughs> okay, you know okay. the scene in what the American Werewolf in London. I haven't seen that movie. They don't go over a bridge. I don't and think. <laughs> it's James Bond in the one with Skyfall. Skyfall. Skyfall yeah. In Skyfall, when the that bridge that Amazon, when they like release all of the like that first wave, mm-hmm. um, that's the London Bridge. You'll notice that you don't remember that bridge. <laughs> <laughs> it's true. I don't. The London Bridge is boring as fuck. But Lake Havasu, the city of Lake Havasu paid for the london bridge in the 80s the original one when they were rebuilding it and they just like shipped it on over brick by brick they originally every single piece of that bridge is now in lake havasu what does that bridge go over fucking nothing does it go over the lake <laughs> it does but like why who gives a shit <laughs> but it that's an actual fact fun fact that i did no one needs to know that all of you have now congrats i held well, you all hostage you. for two minutes <laughs> anyway coming back to michael douglas He's now at a payphone harassing his wife again, ex-wife. Like, yo, I'm coming through. It's our daughter's birthday. I need to see her. I need to be there with her. And his wife is like, no, dog, I have a restraining order. Fuck out of here. I don't think the restraining order comes up then. It's not until the cops come up. But she's like, you don't like I pay like this is my house. Yes, I pay the rent. You don't even pay child support. Yeah, it's like you even pay. So first you're like, so at this point you're like, okay. From the previous that you call, you're like, okay, they're having some problems. But then you're like, they're clearly divorced, and he's not a good dad. Yes. Like, at the very least, he's not doing what he's supposed to be doing. So you're like, all right, this dude's, like, really angry and weird. But also, like, I, you kind of, you're still kind of on his side for a little bit, because you're like, 
Well, you know what? What if the wife's a lying bitch? It's huh? like, you don't know. Like, it's it's his daughter's birthday. Even <laughs> like a even like a shitty dad would be like, for at least for the big ones. Bad dads still show up for birthdays and Christmas. You know, right. like, yeah. yeah. But you can still kind of tell there's some. It's like there's something off because she's uncomfortable. She's not like yeah, bitchy ex wife about right. it. She's uncomfortable that he's called twice. Yeah, right. it was three times well, at this point. Three times, but he didn't say anything the first time. Oh, the yeah. whole thing, silent thing is. Just creepy in general. Yeah, that's like, like a weird thing. But you can even then, like at the time, because he hasn't done anything bad yet. You're mm, like, yeah. he's trying to reconcile, and well, he's like, he did he smash up the the bodega. Though, well, before so the one who's silent is right before the bodega. Right, okay, They're like are, are they like kind of have? Is he like just not sure what to say? Is like a weird thing. Yeah, and then he yeah. busts up the bodega and he calls back. Yeah, well, but he was silent you, that time. The first time he actually talks is after that. Oh, you're right. You're right. He beats the dudes up in the field. Oh, because no. Doesn't he say something that second call no, that it's he the makes? the third time. Because she says, like, I, I know it's you. you. Yeah, that, that was, was, right. that was right. right before they did the drive-by shooting. Okay. Yeah. Yes, perfect timing, actually. So the, the cholos uh, that he beat up in the park get in a car with their homies. Two of the dudes don't look like dancers, and the woman definitely isn't a dancer. Uh, just based on how they move. Yeah. But so it's not a gang of dancers. No. Definitely it's not, not like Sharks Jets territory. <laughs> so like, <laughs> this is very, uh, this is actually pretty accurate for, you know, how a lot of gang situations are. They don't just like have guns all the time. This is in the 90s before it was like escalated to this point. So not everyone's just strapped all the time. Yeah. But like, we have to go find our homeboys. Like we have guns, but like we keep them somewhere because we're in fucking LA and the cops will just kill us. So yes, absolutely. <laughs> we have to go get the guns and then we can fuck this dude up. Yeah. So they grab the guns and perform a drive by. It's fuck. And they miss him like completely. And I don't think he even realizes what happens. It's weird that he doesn't react yeah in that scene because like they shoot and they like shoot around him and they miss but it's not like i can understand why he doesn't react immediately because he's facing away from them he mm-hmm. didn't see them mm-hmm. but then when like the firing keeps going and he just casually just grabs his briefcase yeah, off just the top, turns around like, like nothing like, really even happened it's a and, weird thing and then he sees them continue yeah and it's weird too that he sees the people who like there's a couple people who got shot on the he side walks right past him. he just kind of like walks on by yeah. like mm. yeah and there's something the corner. Oh, go ahead. No, I was just going to say there's something interesting. Um, that watching this movie, uh, his actions, even, even if they don't directly lead to other people getting hurt, his actions indirectly lead to that. And he yeah. actually shows like no remorse to it. Like the dude on the golf course who we'll talk about later. Yeah. You know, it's just his, he, his so actions like he truly doesn't care. Yeah. Like he set in motion things that led to the events of like other people getting hurt. And he's just like, hmm. yeah. Yeah, yeah. Like he's so detached from reality aside from his single-minded focus on seeing his daughter gotta get home gotta gotta get home and so he like so the the gang members they pull around around the street and like did you get him did you fucking get him and then they crash and i don't know how that happens and they don't even make it make like any sound for them crashing right there was like a truck that cut them off yeah we we do see like you see like a quick yeah the truck there because they're on like the other side of the fucking road now because they pulled this wide ass turn after this uh and then like there's other cars involved and you don't actually see the crash but you do see other cars and they're like trying yeah, to uh, do like jump cuts between yeah. all the cars and shit and so then we just cut to him walking down the you know we cut to the car already crashed and three of the guys are dead and the guy with the long hair one of the ballerinas is uh <laughs> Is like hanging out. He's like hanging on them. He's like on the ground outside the car and all like bloody and shit. And so Michael Douglas walks over super, like just super calmly. It's like, 
What's up? What's going on, guys? Oh. He fucking grabs the gun. He's like, you missed. And he points the gun at him. He fucking shoots him in the leg. Yeah, he's like, like that's how you do. It. Like that's how that's supposed to go. <laughs> Take some shooting lessons, asshole, and, just, <laughs> and then goes over, grabs the bag of guns, puts that you know, puts that gun back in the bag, and strolls off. He's and got his briefcase, slowly upgrading his arsenal. He's got and like yeah, there's that you know next level of escalation where yeah. he no longer has the bat because he threw it at the guy earlier, but he has the butterfly knife in his pocket, and now he has this bag of guns. Yeah, he walks off, and we think we oh. cut back to. Prendigrat, Prendigas, that weird ass fucking name. It's impossible to say. Yeah, I only know it's Prendigas because I watched it with the oh, subtitles Prindig- on. Not Pendergast. Yeah, it's Prendigast. Oh, that's fucking weird. And so uh, we cut back to Robert Duvall and the Korean corner store guy <laughs> is, comes to the police station. Yeah, to report. Yeah, you know, what happened? This movie has like weird racist shit going on in it now and again. Yeah, because the, <laughs> the guy speaks Korean, and so like one of the other officers, one of the other detectives, uh, comes over and bring brings him over, and the store, the shopkeep says something in Korean, and Robbie Duvall's like, so "What did he say?" He's like, "Well, he's Korean, and I'm Japanese, so I'm glad I don't in know all what the he years said. that we've worked together that you <laughs> that you learned that." It was just like, damn, dude. Like, like, it's literally your last day, but yes, not all Asian people are the same. Here's the guy who got robbed. <laughs> and they don't take it seriously because he didn't actually get robbed. He was assaulted, and that's a different department. Yeah. Jumping forward, we, yeah, we go cut, to... Huh? We cut back to Michael Duvall, Michael, Michael Douglas. Douglas. Keep saying it. It's going to keep all happening. All white people look the same. It's fine. <laughs> Bro. We've got Michael Douglas in here. (laughs) Thank you, Michael Douglas, for joining us for this podcast. (laughs) Uh, You look a lot younger. Younger It's really crazy. Uh, This is the point where he goes into the surplus shop, right? Mm -hmm. Or no. No, what he does is first he cuts through. uh, He tries to get on a bus. He's like, fuck this. I'm having a panic attack. And he walks away. And then he tries to get on, like, I guess the metro maybe. And the dude stops and the construction worker is like, you're not going through here. It's under construction. Oh, yeah. Just, yeah. And so he leaves. And then... More street construction. He's walking through the park, and this guy starts pressing him. He's like, yo, like, give me some money. I'm out of gas. Give me some money. Uh, Right. Just trying to panhandle him. I love money. Whatever. Yeah. It's, like, weirdly aggressive. Yeah. This dude, where he's just like, he has a story, and it doesn't work. We've we've all... Especially if you've been, like, in an actual city. It doesn't really happen in San Diego. But, like, you've been in San Francisco or in New York at all. And people have stories for why you should give them money. Yeah. And you, you know, you just like, whatever. So like, it doesn't work, but then he just follows him and it's just like, keeps hounding him. And it gets to the point where I'm like, okay, this is unreasonable. So I, I noticed that like, that is a lot of his interactions in the movie. You know, it's not like he's just dealing with like a semi difficult yeah, person. He's pushed they are into, all dicks to him. Yeah. Which kind of makes you be like, well, I could see why he's upset, but then he just fucks him up and you're like, well, maybe you should yeah, the fact that yeah. he doesn't do anything violent to this dude harassing him. Almost like kind of threw me off again a little bit. Yeah. And yeah. he gives him his briefcase and then he pops open the briefcase and it's just a lunch. It's, yeah. There's nothing in it. And that was when I was like, this dude's on some other shit. Like that, that set me. I was like, no, something's going to come out that he's like on some shit. So uh, I thought it was interesting when he gives him the briefcase. He's like, I don't need this anymore. It's just kind of him. Like he just takes the bag of guns yeah. and it's like, you see him slowly devolving into this like non caring sort of 
person, like the, the guy who's going to end up yeah. at the end of the movie, well, seem giving away these little bits of, of yeah. his older self kind of thing. So I got that vibe at first when he's like, I don't need this anymore. So first, like, all right, well, this dude's ready, like, just fucking give it all up. He's quitting his job. Like, he doesn't care. Mm-hmm. But then he opens the, when he opened when the uh, panhandler or whatever, no, panhandler implies that he was doing something for the money. Mm-hmm. When <laughs> this homeless dude is harassing him, opens the briefcase and there's nothing in it except for like a sandwich and apple and like a banana or some shit uh-huh. I'm like no this dude is been off his shit for a while like yeah. this is not a new thing <laughs> that's what that's what like kind of clicked it for me where i'm like oh no he's just a crazy person well so i didn't put two and two together initially because i was like oh well i've definitely taken my backpack to work with only food in it so like that's not weird it's the fact that it's specifically a briefcase yeah and that there was lunch. nothing in it yeah when i saw that there was nothing else in it i was like this dude is not coming yeah home from i mean work. that would it makes sense because like in the 90s you would just take a briefcase to work if yeah. you had stuff to carry. And like it. it's, you know, it's, impl- you know, they, it's kind of implied he was working an office job. He's got, he's in a short sleeve white shirt, like yeah. collared shirt. Mm-hmm. He's got a tie on. He's got pens in his pocket. He's like the, this the dude whole, works a desk job. The whole and he, like, 50s NASA vibe thing going Yeah, like on. this dude yeah. works a death, desk job. It's on like, you know, some uh, office space shit. He's like this dude just has a really dissatisfying, you get that vibe from him. That he's like, he has a shitty desk job and he's just been beaten down by the system in the city. Like you get that. But when, Something about there being nothing in the briefcase was like just clicked for me. I'm like, this dude's fucking off. And he's been off for a while. Yeah, and he's like, he's subjecting himself to these things for what? Like, he if you don't have a job, why are you going through the motions? Like, why are you doing this? And I don't know. Something about that specifically really like got me. That was when I was officially off his like officially all the way off his side. Like, you know, it's a movie. You you can deal with like you can suspend your disbelief with violence to like mm-hmm. a certain point. But I was completely off his side. So like that's some psychopath shit. Dude, as soon as he <laughs> as soon as he went in on that rant at the beginning, I was just like, oh this guy's a piece of shit. Yeah. Well uh, yeah he's a piece of shit. But he I, didn't strike me as a crazy that was like normal racist shit. Oh, like, yeah, yeah. He, he didn't strike me as a crazy person before. Like yeah, fair even enough. with like how detached he was about the drive by I was still like, whatever, it's some like slick action movie shit. Like this is probably gonna take a turn into like an action movie. And it didn't, but like up to this point, I was like, okay, whatever. This is this is a movie that's moving in a direction. And then that point I was like, nope. It's not moving in a direction. Cause this is before we have because I think this is when it cuts to the scene of his ex-wife talking to police officers. Yeah, yeah. About, and this about scene was the a restraining order and things like that. as well. Yeah. When the cop was like, did he ever get violent with you? Yeah. And she was just like, no, but I thought he could. And the cop is just standing there like. Like he thought he could. Like he was, he was asking some like pretty pressing questions. Yeah. About and she was him. like, I just, I didn't want to wait until he did. Yeah. Which is what you're supposed to fucking do. Exactly. And the cop was just kind of like. No, but if he didn't do anything, they're like, what are you pressing? What are you busting his balls about? Why are you even calling us? That was like crazy lady. And his partner was outside playing with a fucking dog. Yeah. It's like, dude. You could see how he kind of could. Like, he didn't didn't fuck up the the Korean store owner, but, you know, he definitely could have. Because when she's like, yeah, he has a temper. And, like, because we've seen several interactions that this guy's had up to this point like fuck yeah he has a temper like, <laughs> yeah, this dude's absolutely. Like, there's something right under the surface all the time for this guy mm-hmm. yeah uh we're going a little bit long so i just kind of want to hit some like high notes here mm-hmm. yeah we don't have to watch the movie we don't yeah. really have to bring down the whole plot yeah because there's mm-hmm. character stuff that we got to talk about there's definitely the point where he goes into the burger place yep and yep. he holds a bunch of people hostage that was crazy yeah and then he meets a nazi who's basically like He's just throwing out slurs the entire time they're interacting. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's like subtle at first because then he's like, 
yeah, you know, he's like really homophobic out of you know to those other dudes in his store for fucking no reason. No reason. But you could tell it's like that slick shit where people will like air out their prejudices, but in a way that's like, hey, are you cool with this low level prejudice that I have? And then as soon as like it seems like the person you're talking to, because you see this, like I've seen this shit a lot where someone's like low key either homophobia usually to me it's homophobia because yeah culturally isn't gonna no one's gonna be like low-key racist to me because i'm yeah. black but yeah. when people are like homophobic or something and like you know there's this whole thing with black men especially being homophobic yes and so like people will like kind of test that water with me sometimes oh as it turns out charles and i massive homophobes <laughs> welcome to no concessions yeah. and no gays <laughs> no no apologies. concessions on sexuality one man one woman just the way god wanted <laughs> adam and eve not adam and steve no dude i you'd be surprised honestly like as a white dude you know, like other like, white people will, will ra- say some shit to me that's just overtly racist and it's, and it's just like you're cool with it but here's the thing sometimes more- it's not sly yeah and i'm just like dude I don't know you and like <laughs> fuck, like what the fuck is wrong with you it's just like like oh like no that's not it's like no, no we're not on the no, same dude, page right here yeah. i want you to know like, that we're what? not on the same page yeah so it's just and it's so that's the shit that happens yeah. here is like the guy's like homophobic and he's like real pro-military and shit and so he sees michael douglas and like he because oh. he's been listening to the police scanner yeah mm-hmm. and so he's i immediately clocked it i was just yeah. like oh he knows he, exactly who the fuck this is that's why he's like so excited to go over and introduce himself like he was like starstruck like oh my god so he takes him in the back and shows him all this like not like all this like at least at first it's like weapon surplus shit and then it like, like switches and you start to see like, like, Zyklon B. It's like it's like oh 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 and then you start seeing the swastikas and yeah, yeah. even like there's that weird erotic novel swastika bitches. Yes, I was like wait a minute. Did you see the Nazi the Nazi Santa? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it was like yeah. it was like wow this went in that direction really quickly and then he's like yeah there's all these fucking niggers and it's like it's like <laughs> what it's like whoa oh, wait a oh minute my God. and then Michael Douglas is like hey. I'm not one of you. Yeah, like, I'm not, not like same. you. He doesn't stop him the entire no, time. But he's like, hey, I'm not a Nazi. He's like, hey, whatever, racism, whatever. Uh, homophobia, <laughs> racism, whatever. But I'm not a Nazi. He says, yeah, we're not the same. Yeah, like, we're not the, we're same. Not the same. Like, you can believe what you want to believe, but we're not the same. I'm going to go. Yeah. And it's weird that they don't they don't have him outright condemn anything other than him being like a Nazi. Which is interesting, too, because in the beginning, there's two gay dudes in the store. And Michael Douglas is uh, like watching this uh as the store owner is kind of like harassing these gay yeah, dudes, he's the well that, he's directly in that interaction because the, he's the, but he doesn't stand up for either side yeah oh because he he's, he's clearly still like he doesn't give a shit yeah he's just watching this unfold but he just doesn't want to be man was this movie it's, made this year fuck yeah, he doesn't want to be outward yeah. he doesn't want to be like directly identified with nazis he's right. like i'm not that yeah. Hey, I don't care. I'm kind of gay people too. Interesting. It keeps the viewer saying like, is he going to say something? Is he going to interject? What's he going to do in this situation? But he doesn't do anything. And it kind of leaves you like wondering like, what the heck is going on with him? And then even the interaction with um, the detective when she comes in and he's like, yeah, why don't they call you like the lady version of cop? (laughs) Like (laughs) officer S. And Mm. and then like that's Michael Duvall. (laughs) See? Michael, <laughs> Douglas doing it now too. Michael Douglas, he doesn't address that shit at all. Even when it's revealed this dude's a Nazi, he's never just like, "Hey, you were also shitty and racist to that Latina woman." <laughs> <laughs> he does. It's, I'm I'm confident in saying, like, at this point, this is the clue to the audience yeah. that mm-hmm. the, he's a bad guy. He's full on a bad so, person. I think so. This scene, the scene where he takes him in the back, the Nazi dude ends up trying to handcuff him. And I think I thought at this, first he was going to try to rape. Him. I yeah. also thought he was going to because he's like, yeah. spread your legs. <laughs> so I think I think this is the point in the movie where you see a lot of 
changes happening to Michael Douglas's character. Like you see, he, um, you see this, this scene where the guy's like, put your other hand behind your back. And he goes, I can't do that. I guess says, why? And he goes, well, I'll fall down. So the guy grabs his hand anyways, and he falls down. And then you see the guy's like, um, you know, giving him a shit. Michael Douglas pulls out the knife, stabs him, and then he shoots the guy. And I think that symbolism of like, that's oh, the I'll first fall down. That's when he just like, boom, he crosses that line. Yeah. And then the next the first scene active, like, yes, murder he actually kills this. this guy. And then the next scene is when he has that weird call with his wife. He has a weird call with his wife and he's talking to her and he says oh, this, fuck. you know, this is a, I've reached a point of no return. Yeah. So he has crossed that line. And, that's, and you also see him in that black. Uniform. Yeah. That's when he's like in the, uh, mm-hmm. like in the nerve, the Navy surplus jacket. But mm-hmm. that when he's having that call, like that was chilling when he's like, you know, when they were, when the Paul 13 was going around the moon, it was like, there's a point where like it would take longer to go back than it does to finish the trip. Mm-hmm. And you know, when they were going, there was a point where they were out of contact and there was nothing anybody could do. I'm like, what the fuck? What yeah. the fuck's about to happen? And you know what's going to happen. And it's like, this is fucking chilling. And so she calls the cops and yeah, and mm-hmm. the cops come out, and they're like, "Why are you calling us?" Like they're so dismissive, and this is a female officer as well. Yeah, and she's just like, "Well, if you want more cops in your area, next time it's on the ballot, you stupid bitch. Why yeah. don't you just vote <laughs> to have more patrol cars in your area, then, huh?" Mm-hmm. Yeah, How about this that? shit is why. And this, this is when it. He's this like, movie like it turns right here, and it's like, "Yo, like this is fucking crazy." Yeah. And yeah, so there's like the scene on the golf course where the dude's an asshole, and then Michael Douglas is like, "Hey." This is all bullshit. This is this should be public space, and I agree with this point. Yeah, <laughs> golf course, golf course some are, other shit. Here's dude. the thing with the way he like responds to that dude too. So it's like prior to the scene where the the point of no return scene, yeah. like in the burger scene, he's well, I really like some breakfast. He's like polite. He's trying to get what he wants, and it goes and it goes, and he's trying and he's trying. And he's and trying. like and it's eleven thirty three, and it's like he, man, we've all, it's like oh, yeah, he yeah. like he we've reaches all been a, there. he reaches a point, but after trying. Later on, after the point of no return comments, it's literally, it's like, someone says something, boom, he goes yep. 100%. There's no more reason. Yeah, like there's, he's, no, there's no, there's no, what, nice, what his version like, of reasonable is, there's yeah. no more of that. He doesn't he's even just, try. He's done with it. So it's just like, boom, okay, nope, you're going to shoot a golf ball at me? Nope. I'm, yeah, that, I'm just going to yeah. watch you fucking die. Yeah, like, we see it first, it. like when he, he shoots the, uh, the, when the dude's a dick to him at the payphone, oh, he shoots the payphone, <laughs> pay phone, it up. and then, then we see him in the jacket, I think right after that, right? Yeah, that's after, that's before he goes to the surplus. Okay, then mm-hmm. never mind. So we, we start to see it there, where he's like, this dude just openly, just like, doesn't give a shit. He doesn't yeah, he's just done. And so, yeah, there's like the golf course, and then he uh, jumps the fence, and he's like immediately just upset at this family. Because they live in a big ass house. Well, he cut his hand on the barbed wire, and it's funny if you hear if you listen to what he says, he jumps over the fence. He like breaks in. Yeah, he's like, and he's like, "What do you think? It's funny to put barbed wire so innocent people can cut their hands on it when they're trying to break in." And it's like he's he, like, "What the fuck? Do you, you've completely lost the yeah." You the see narrative his viewpoint where it's like he is the victim. Yeah, it's like nothing. Yeah. Everything society. He is the victim of a cruel injustice. Yeah, like he has, yeah. and he's like he's so detached at that point. And like it's really interesting. Like a couple minutes later, mm-hmm. when like he hears the sirens, and it's just the ambulance. It's not even police. It's just the ambulance to go to that dude who just had a heart attack. I'm I'm gonna break it down for you real quick. Here's mm-hmm. a confession. Mm-hmm. Whenever I hear sirens, I can't tell what it's for. Like I can't, I can't ambulance. describe the difference to you, but I can tell the difference between mm-hmm. one's uh, like police wee officer, wee woo, and the other ones like. Wah. There's a well, so police sirens actually have like two or three different like sequences depending on what they're going for, but I'm um, also there's I, I honestly I couldn't describe it to you, but I've heard enough of both to like be able to tell the difference. Mm-hmm. I'm the ear blind, <laughs> but yes, yeah, so, like when he 
hears the siren. He grabs the little girl's hand and like they're me like, oh shit, we're in a hostage because he's got a shotgun out the whole time. Right. Um, the same shotgun he threatened the dude on the golf course with. And so, but then when he has that, he has that moment where he sees the blood on the little girl's hand. And he's and like, like, I didn't hurt you. I didn't hurt you. And I it's didn't like, hurt man. You. And then you're like, holy shit, his man, he can only, he's so, that's when I was like, he's single-minded. This is only about getting to his daughter. And so, and then he leaves. Like we cut away and it's implied that he just like left. And then we, and this whole time, uh, Robert Duvall is like putting the pieces together. Cause like he's hurt. He's not directly involved in this case, but he's heard all these parts. Like mm-hmm. he paid for the soda. Um, there was a shooting at the, the bur- burger. at the burger place and he, he paid but he for paid for his food and right. left. Yeah. And the, uh, everyone's describing him the same way. Yeah. This white dude picked up the guns from the car or whatever. Yeah. Shot somebody so he's like car. putting the pieces together and he's like, this is fucking happening. But then no one wants to take him seriously. Yeah. And, and his old, the old uh, manager or whatever the fuck, the police chief is like, yeah. I've never liked you anyway, pussy. Yeah, yeah. Like, <laughs> so brutal to this guy. Yeah, it's like it's such his a dick. last day, man. The, dick you were, the guy you were just trying to like, hey, you know you can still stay on the force, right? Like, you're a good cop and we'd like to keep you around. But, you <laughs> By know. By the way, go fuck yourself. But also <laughs> like, hey, I always thought you were a piece of shit. Have fun getting out of here in your last day. Fuck it, pussy. And just like. <laughs> <laughs> and it's like, all right, whatever, dog. So. At this point towards the end we're getting towards the end of the movie yeah where michael douglas is calling his ex-wife's house from uh, like down the road yeah, like, yeah, around like the right around the it's corner, around the corner yeah. she, they live on venice her house is like right off of venice and he's just in front of some shops yeah, like, and she can, can you, hear that shit in the background he's like, she hears the music she's like, yeah it's like can you believe what they did to our, our little shop and so she's like fucking hangs up books it grabs her daughter's hand fucking rips it out of there and they literally ju- and he realizes what he like he knows what's happening so he's fucking hoofing it and they just like very quickly like they just miss each other and he's sitting down he's watching um old family videos mm-hmm. and this is the craziest part yeah dog. they did really good with this you could hear him getting mad in those videos mm-hmm. and like i was like imagine do- dealing with this for like five or so years you're just waiting for this to happen and in one of the videos like it looks like his wife was crying yeah yeah her makeup's messed up yeah and it's like you know we're at the pier this is your favorite place why and that's the that's where he puts it together but like if you're watching you're like i don't know why you would do this beth like is he's so abusive and manipulative so it, you yeah. almost kind of see it on his face like he almost kind of has that moment where you see it in his eyes and he and he you're wondering like, does it. he realize why she's not with him and he kind of almost has this realization but then he glances then he over looks out and, and he like, sees the pier the and pier because like, it's right yeah it's right at the scene where it's like it's your favorite place i yeah. don't know why you would do this beth he's and then he looks out on that mission and that everything that he just almost realized is just just gone yeah and they it's a good it's a good cinematography too because it literally focuses from the screen to out the window because you can see the pier in the background the whole time in that scene and they're like it focuses it, it shifts focus uh. it's fucking great i can't believe joel schumacher directed this <laughs> we didn't even get into all of that but um yeah so he then he like he books it and she sees him and they have this like whole really tense thing where he's like he just wants to see his he like pulls a gun and like you're and scares everybody off the pier yeah and then while he's there with his wife and daughter uh robert duvall sneaks up and he's eating his little popcorn yeah. or whatever mm. And he like kind of talks him. He like kind of distracts him. He's talking, and then he's he, like, "Have you heard of sudden infant death syndrome?" Well, my daughter wasn't an infant, yeah. and she just died in her sleep one day. And I was just like, "Oh, that's almost worse than like having your kid shot up in a drive-by." Like, what yeah. the fuck? Yeah, bro? and it's like, man, this is. And like you're like this whole time you're like putting together pieces again of like 
Duvall's, you know, of Robert Duvall's life, where like he got injured on the force, they lost their kid, mm-hmm. and he's like, in this moment, you kind of see him like you kind of get it, like that Robert Duvall understands. Yeah. Like I understand where you're coming from, but this is not the right way to do it because yeah. he doesn't really understand. He doesn't really get that Michael Douglas is just fucking off his shit because he's just been kind of following this from a distance, trying to put the pieces together. Yeah, and there's like a scene where they're interrogate, like they're kind of talking to Michael Douglas's mom, and they kind of put the rest of these pieces together. Mm-hmm. But yes, yeah, like he distracts them, and then they're able to get the gun away from Michael Douglas and. The mom and daughter run yeah. off. He holds and, him up and he's just like, look, man, it, you know what you were about to do out here. You were about to fucking kill him. Yeah, dog. Do, you think and he, do you think he was about to? He doesn't deny it. He, he does. Yeah, and that's true. that's and, like more telling than anything. Yeah, because we get he, he we get the suicide by police thing. Right. Yeah. He like straight up does it. We was like, I've still got a gun. And the craziest thing is they were giving him shit the entire movie about his last day on the forts and him getting killed. Yeah. Like if that was a real gun. He did get him. He squirted him in the face with a water gun yeah. before. Uh, all right. So Michael Douglas squirts Robert Duvall yeah. with the yeah, water gun before he can he get him. shot. Yeah. And it's just like, like I, dog, you would have been dead right there. Yeah. Your coworkers were right. Yeah. Because he was like, he, he was, he'd been right in the desk. He's like, he's not up to it anymore. But it's like when he, when he caught, when he calls him out, it's like, you were going to kill them. And then that would give you justification for yourself. Because mm. yeah, then you wouldn't have anything left. So then you could kill yourself. And he doesn't. And he's like, you know. I still have a gun. Like he's just—he doesn't deny it. He just shifts it. So he's yeah. like, "All right, well, fine. I guess we're here. I'm gonna make you kill me instead." Yeah. And because at, at first, like he's like looking out over over the pier. I thought he was gonna jump and like kill himself that way. But then, he, I mean, he would have survived. He would have survived because it's not. But like, I don't know. I I was like, he's gonna jump and something's gonna happen. But then he like, yeah, has him shoot him. I'm like, fuck, dude. And then the movie's just over. Yeah. 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 Um, I mean, there's like there's. Of like a scene or two after that where he's like yeah fuck you sergeant <laughs> he's yeah. like fuck off you were like just talking shit about me literally hours ago to my face mm-hmm. and now you're trying to take credit for this thing that i did where you for the exact case you were calling me out about and then he goes and he talks to the daughter he was like well my mom, my wife's gonna be mad that i can't i'm still a cop i'm not giving this up when we just learned you clearly should have because you would have died just now <laughs> yeah absolutely <laughs> and then the movie's just over so like it's over almost just as jarring as how it starts but like we're just opens Boom, you're like because like there's no title card like that was like jarring to me at first because i was like i went over when i started the movie i went out and, like grabbed myself a beer i was like whatever it's an it was, came out in 93 there's gonna be like an opening sequence or whatever nope. but like Starts i walk over out. to my fridge to grab a beer and like i turn and it's just like michael douglas's face I'm like wait it started <laughs> it's like there's i don't know this, this movie's fucking good I, yeah it's, it, really, it it's surprisingly well done dog what the fuck so one thing i noticed um like this overall theme in the film is uh is heat it's yeah. how hot it is so the thing is almost every scene has is shot with warm colors like you see it, it's almost always has like an orange reddish hue it's yeah. shot with all warm colors almost, almost all of them yeah almost all the scenes are outside so, so you're seeing yeah you know how bright it is constantly. so you always see the movie opens with michael um michael douglas's mouth yeah and you see the sweat around everyone's his, so fucking sweaty yes, in this you movie. see them sweating and what's interesting is like it almost seems to be this inescapable sort of pressure. And so when you watch him throughout the movie, he's always sweating, he's always hot. You always kind of have this pressure on him. It's all, it kind of gives it this little uncomfortable feeling to every scene when you're watching it. Except for one scene, the scene when he's sitting at home watching the movies. Everything in there is has this blue hue to it. Yeah. It's super blue like he's escaped the pressure, he's made it home. 
he's sitting there he's watching these videos he's, he's reliving he's it in the dark he's like yes and it the has videos are blue. the cool colors yeah. Yeah. you know it's very blue and then he leaves again boom he goes outside and it's like this it's perpetual right. sunset yeah. like setting where it's like yeah. very orange very warm colors and then at the very end you see, you hear him he says it's like it's hot today and then, and it gets no other like recognition yeah. other than he just kind of acknowledges that like pressure you know that 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 heat it reminds he me feels. of uh uh, do the right thing and like so do the right thing came out a couple years earlier but it's very similar where mm. like the it starts off with how fucking hot it is this day mm. and it, the kind of through line with it is that heat has it everyone's exhausted because of how hot it is and it puts everybody on edge mm-hmm. and like that's like it kind of implies that had it not been this stressful that you know radio rahim wouldn't have died and there wouldn't have been this fucking riot at the end of the day because it's all over just one day just like you know falling down is mm-hmm. and yeah like heat as a motif is really is really interesting like to show like to physically present that pressure yeah. that the characters are feeling yeah yeah though i will say having watched a bunch of hawaii 5 and watched people actually sweat on set <laughs> yeah uh seeing people do movie sweating where it's just on their head yeah because it doesn't look like anybody's yeah, he's wearing actually, a white shirt he should be just, just so pit stained to shit yeah yeah it should be drenched the little little circle on the chest yeah. sweat yeah the in-between exactly. titty sweat <laughs> yeah yeah it should be like i i understand the motif though that's good it's this movie fucking rips dude this movie's fucking yeah. sick <laughs> i went into this because like you know the we the last michael douglas movie we watched i was like this shit's wild this is all over the place <laughs> but so when you like sent me this i i never heard of the movie and i if it's a movie i haven't heard of i try to go into it blind mm-hmm. and i was like but i was expecting it to be like black rain where it's like okay this is like some dude who just goes on some vigilante shit and especially like when the guns get involved like oh he's just gonna like go on some vigilante shit and they even like say like i'm not he's like i'm not a vigilante yeah, he says that to the nazi dude yeah yeah and but when it like turned out to be <laughs> this really interesting like mental journey we go on with this dude who's like presented as a protagonist but is objectively yeah and even at the end of the movie he's like he's talking to robert duvall and he's like i'm the bad guy Mm -hmm. it's like Mm -hmm. oh i'm so happy this movie actually acknowledged it he's like he doesn't even see himself as having done anything wrong this whole time yeah everyone made him do these things he was pushed to do all this Mm -hmm. and it's it's society's fault that he had to answer these injustices you know yeah fucking watch this movie tight. instead of joker yeah this is, <laughs> i haven't even seen joker Take it back but i'm just gonna years. say <laughs> if you're only gonna see one of them make it falling falling down because holy yeah. shit this movie is exceptionally well done it's fucking weird man. and then go and watch uh batman forever to remind yourself that joel schumacher directed both these films <laughs> stay cool oh shit joel schumacher is the one with the nipple suits right yep Hell yeah. <laughs> I think, had Joel Schumacher come out at this point? This don't, these movies are only three years apart. Oh, was it, is he, is he gay? Yeah. Well, remember, Charles and I are now homophobes, so. Yeah. <laughs> That's our official stance. <laughs> this movie is awful. It was directed by a gay man. I'm, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm kidding. These are jokes. I mean, he was on, a, I, I'm like looking at, he was on a kind of a streak. It's kind of, I think that's probably why Batman Forever and Batman and Robin got so much shit. Not like on top of how bat shit insane they are. I personally really like both those movies a whole lot. But, fun, fun, fun movies. Um, like he, he, he directed fucking St. Elmo's Fire, A Time to Kill. 
Flatliners is here or there. I can take it or leave it. But like the Lost Boys. Didn't mm. they make a Flatliners remake recently? Yeah, Donald Glover was in it. That's so weird. Everyone yeah, probably gonna, forgot. Gonna um, watch that. Maybe like five, six years ago. Oh, shit. It Every, had uh, oh, okay. Ellen Page in it, too. Yeah, everyone promptly forgot about it. Yeah. It yeah. came and went very quickly. But yeah, Joel Schumacher, good director, actually. I think that's why it was like so jarring when Batman Forever was as weird as it was. I like the aesthetic, dude. The aesthetic yeah. fucking rips. I need more movies like that. Yeah, I, I don't really care for Tim Burton's Gotham, but Schumacher's like in Batman Forever specifically, I'm like, I fuck with it. That's <laughs> because that's the one with all the henchmen with the color dra- dreads and shit, yeah. right? Yeah, yeah, fucking Coolio's in it. Hell yeah. Yeah. There's like the shit. giant like statues and shit. It's a very visually interesting film. Yeah, absolutely. Anyway. Uh, last thoughts, Sean. Definitely watch this film. Um, there's a lot. I mean, there there is some interesting stuff going on below the surface, but ultimately, it's just a really f- kind of. I don't, I don't want to say it's a fun watch because it sounds kind of weird, but it is very entertaining. It's engaging the whole time. I was it, yeah, really. I, is. I, I like sat up because at first I was just like, all right, I got to watch this movie. Like I got to do, you know, I got to do it for the show. But then like, not even like basically right after the scene in the convenience store i was like wait a minute <laughs> like this there's some shit going on yeah it, it, very interesting it very keeps interesting you engaged film. the whole there is no dip in this movie i feel really. like some of the things were just kind of thrown like um between printer gases and his wife kind of stuff it's just kind of like eh, take it or leave it. i think it's that's like, not delivered like it, they don't deliver on that really like yeah. with the last scene where he's just like shut up I'm gonna be like, like I'll be home when yeah, I get home. Tell that bitch. Have dinner ready. Yeah, like, that's, like, that's no. kind of weird. Yeah, like yeah. because she, because before that, when he's like, "Yo, she's really traumatized by me having been injured," right. which is like a real thing that happens to police officers, especially when police officers were married. That fear is there, of course. And it's like you get it, but, but they, they, they kind of over the top with the relationship. I think they dropped the ball like, at the end when she's like just angry and yelling on the phone, and he just turns it around and yeah. just like yells at her instead. It was like that's not really a good execution of what you were setting up. Yeah. And, and then like he should have just left her. Yeah. That, that would have been better. Go to Lake Havasu by yourself. Or just like <laughs> let her go does, and continue to be a cop or you'll inevitably die on the, on, oh <laughs> on patrol because you're you've not been keeping your skills up. Yeah. Um but yeah, overall definitely watchable. Definitely watchable. I saw this film probably like ten years ago, uh, on the recommendation of a friend, and I just kinda watched it and even then I didn't I wasn't really into to, to, to movies, you know, that much. But I still really enjoyed the film, and that's why when you were like, "Oh yeah, we're gonna watch Falling Down," I was like, "Oh hell yeah, that movie's super fun." It's like very interesting watch for sure. Um, definitely, definitely recommended. Absolutely, same. All right. Oh, uh, social commentary is circular. Society never changes. We're all fucked, you guys. But <laughs> I mean, it was it's it's real interesting, like watching this movie this in 1993 and being like. I mean, I, I made I made the joke three times while we were talking about it. Is this movie made this year? Because fuck, man. Yeah, for real. Anyway, watch the movie. After this break, we'll get into our titular segment. No concessions. Oh, it's the spooky month. It's October. Yep. Spooktober over here. No, not spooktober. We can't. <laughs> yeah, getting races here. <laughs> a little bit. Thought I was watching uh, Falling Down for a second. <laughs> Oh, I love my wife. I love my wife. Ah! Let's go ride a bike with my wife. Ah! My wife's real young. My wife's real small. Let's go to the beach and play with a beach ball. Praise Jesus God and my wife. Let's go to the beach and ride a bike. Oh, I love my wife. I love my wife. Ah! Oh, I love my wife. She is so fine. Ah! 
Uh, and we're back. No concessions, our titular segment where we make a case for our favorite or least favorite movies. We're doing good ones this time. Yep. Let's start with you, Charles. All right. So my no concession for this week is Raja Gosnell's Scooby-Doo. <laughs> okay. The first live action Scooby-Doo. Actually, I'm, I'm going to pair these two because I like both of them. Um, kind of for different reasons. I think the second one leans into it in the same way. I really like the second Michael Bay Ninja Turtle movie where it's like, fuck it, let's just go all the way into full cartoon, but still like have the live action aesthetic. But the first Scooby-Doo, so scooby is my favorite cartoon character, has been almost my entire life. I have so much Scooby-Doo shit in my house <laughs> that's that I, I kind of keep put away because I don't want to be seen. If, <laughs> if you're in your late 20s and you just have a bunch of Scooby-Doo shit in your house... <laughs> Yeah, it's hard enough. to keep women there. It turns out, um, <laughs> but Scooby is my favorite cartoon character. And when I found out they were making, because I was thirteen at the time when the movie came out, so when I found out they were making a live action one, I was like about it. And I went and saw it, and I was still about it. This movie is genuinely fun, and does treat it takes the source material, and it's not like a spoof of it because, especially by that point. Like in the early 2000s, by that point, we'd had a bunch of like those great direct to DVD uh, Scooby Doo movies. There's Zombie been, Island. Yeah. Uh, the Witch's Curse. Um, there was that weird one where there were aliens. And then I don't remember that. Cyber Chase was the last one. And Cyber Chase kind of they, was the yeah, last one. They kind of lost it at that good. point. They also have those WWE collaborations. So there's those recent, the recent ones that they've brought back since uh, West New Scooby Doo kind of brought the franchise back to attention. But. This is like before that. So this is coming into which actually the Scooby-Doo movie doing as well as it did is why Scooby-Doo still exists as a franchise now. Aside from Hanna, it being the only successful Hanna-Barbera franchise that anyone can sell for whatever reason. Why aren't the Flintstones selling? Because Honeymooners is a bad show. Um, <laughs> but it takes the source material and treats it respectfully, but also like pokes fun at itself while still being fun. Like it's not mean about it. Yeah. And it's just a really fun movie to watch i still like i have it on dvd i still have the original dvd i bought i i watched the special features even like i like that movie a lot and the second one i don't have as like close memories to because i haven't seen it as many times but it does like you know a similar thing was like hey here's how we can take this source material and still have a lot of fun with it with better visuals like it had a bigger budget it didn't do as well in like theaters, but it had a bigger budget, so it was able to like do more with the monsters. It takes the same conceit as those '90s movies. Where it was like, hey, we know a lot of these are fake, but what if? Yeah, it was real, and it's fun for that reason. And so, like those, those are still like easily Scooby. The first Scooby Doo is like easily in my top five movies. Like I love that movie so much. It's a lot of fun. I'm probably gonna watch it like tomorrow. Now that I'm thinking about it, because I enjoy it so much. There's also a great version of the Scooby-Doo theme song that Shaggy did that they did not include in the final cut of the film, but is on the DVD. You can also find it on YouTube. That fucking soundtrack slaps too. <laughs> this is back when like, we were still doing soundtracks for movies where like, all, the, all the songs on the soundtrack were about the movie. So it's like a lot of weird, like Outkast did a song, A Land of a Thousand Drums, or A Million Drums, and it's... It fucking slaps. It's a really good song, but it's about Scooby too. That's so sick. And like, there's even like a Destiny's Child song on it. That's 
uh, it's like it's a Destiny's Child song, but it's like to the same tune as the Scooby Doo theme song. It's fucking great. If you can't stream it anywhere, you have to buy it. <laughs> That's you have, incredible. You, you have you can't even. I don't even think it's like in iTunes. You have to you. I had to go to Amazon to find the CD. It's fucking wild, but it's a great soundtrack. Look it up on YouTube. It's worth it. At least the Shaggy theme song, and it's like animated really well. Scooby Doo's great. Um, I love Scooby Doo. Fucking watch it. The movie's really good. If you haven't watched the movie in a while, watch it. I would suggest getting drunk and watching it. Like make it's like a movie night movie where you get people together and you just kind of laugh just at this movie. It. But it's again, it's not mean. It's just fun. Like there are legitimately funny bits in it, and everyone's having. You can tell everyone's like enjoying it. Like working on this movie. I still have a big crush on Linda Cardellini. Uh, yeah. Yep. She's a babe, total babe. That's, to- but total check babe. it, <laughs> total babe, bro. All right, how about you, Sean? You know, mm. you know, I was I was thinking about this one, and it was like, well, a lot of a lot of things, a lot of films that I thought of is just like defending cult classics. The thing is, they don't need to be defended; they're cult classics for a reason. Um, have you ever seen the Reanimator? No, I haven't. Okay, so it's super like campy, uh, original dead style, um, just terribly produced kind of comedy horror. Um, not the not the best film, but it's another one of those where you can sit down. It's um, like Charles was saying, a movie night movie where you can just sit down and the most fun you can really have with it is just talking shit about it and making fun of it. Uh, there's this pretty incredible scene where... Um, he reanimates this uh this dead cat and the cat ends up attacking him and it's like it's basically it's just they they took like a cat stuffed animal and like put it on the back of this guy's shirt and he's just flailing around as the cat is supposedly <laughs> just like a, this zombie cat is just attacking the shit out of him um but it's super super fun movie uh highly recommend that. i don't want to give too much away but right, fair definitely enough. definitely worth checking out hell yeah based on a lovecraft story oh yeah so hell yeah. you know Speaking of fucking racist, but <laughs> I, I wasn't gonna say it. Yeah, I wasn't no. gonna say it. Uh, yeah, that kind of that's the. Uh, yeah, hey, Sean, that what was, was his cat's name? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's a fun hint for the audience. You get to Google that later. <laughs> Hell yeah! All right. Well, anyway, mm-hmm. my pick this week is Cowboy Bebop the movie. Not only was Cowboy Bebop one of like the most formative things I watched in my youth, <laughs> but it was fan-fucking-tastic. I'm just so fucking happy that as a young media consumer, I was more discerning than the average. <laughs> just kidding. I was just, a huge, <laughs> I was just a huge asshole about everything. There were very few things that I liked. Uh, I liked Samurai Champloo a lot. I liked Cowboy Bebop. I liked Sailor Moon, and I liked Dragon Ball Z. As Denzel is saying, this he's holding a glass of champagne up with his pinky out. Yes, pinky. He's been in a tuxedo this whole time. It's yeah, not as fun. It's, 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 it's immaculate. <laughs> uh, there were there were very few things that I liked, especially when it came to anime. I was big into Gundam Wing. Rewatched mm-hmm. it recently. Not very good. Cowboy Bebop, though, from start to end, fucking fantastic. Yeah. Uh, episodic show mm-hmm. where they just kind of go do whatever they have to do. There's like a story kind of, but there's not really. It's it's one of my favorite things ever. The music is fantastic. Oh, yeah. It's all like lo-fi hip-hop stuff, right? No, no. It's jazz. It's an amazing j- Man, the Cowboy Bebop, like for the show and the film, the soundtrack is fucking incredible. Yeah, Yoko Kano. Really showed her ass, yep. which is apparently like a positive thing to say. 
somebody's showing their ass. It's shifted. Um, if you are uh, in the South uh, in the uh, in the '60s, then it's not a good thing. But right now, <laughs> we turn that phrase around. <laughs> we reclaimed it for all the people who like to show their ass because asses are positive these days. Sex posy. Anyway, Cowboy Bebop the movie is basically a long episode of Cowboy Bebop that's insanely well animated, well colorized. Like, not to say the show looks like shit, but mm-hmm. there's obviously a difference between the amount of money that it's, they put it's behind it. You know, that upscaling when a, something that is a show gets made into a movie. Mm-hmm. It's got a bigger mm-hmm. budget so they can spend more time on it. Yeah, it's incredible. Basically, I, the story is about a terrorist, more or less, and the uh, Cowboy Bebop crew go and hunt down this terrorist. And I can't remember why they decided to do it, but it was fucking sick. Like the whole the whole thing is animated so well. They even take like clips of Bruce Lee's uh, fights yeah. from some of the YouTube videos and shit. And like I can't remember what it's called when you animate over something, but it's not it's not rotoscoping, is it? It's not technically rot. Oh, fuck, I actually know the answer to this. I can't remember. It's I don't know, but basically they just took that they animate over it. Yeah, mm-hmm. it was really dope. The entire movie is a fun watch. It's engaging from start to finish. You don't necessarily even need to know anything about Cowboy Bebop. Yeah, you can go into it cold. Yeah. I mean, you can go just like you can go into any episode of that series and just be like, I get what's going on. And like you find out who the characters are and you get it. Yeah, because it's one of those shows. And this is kind of one of its faults. You can watch the show and it gives you an idea of what the character's relationship is in every episode. Yeah. So if you're binging the show, it just gets really annoying. It does get tedious mm-hmm. if you watch like three in a row. You're like, I get it. I know. Okay. Faye's about her money. Cool. Edward's like aloof. I get it. Cool. The dog is a dog. All right. Rad. But it's it's a fantastic movie. I recommend everybody watch it because it's a lot of fucking fun. It's a fun movie. Anyway, that's the end of this episode. Thanks, everybody, for listening to No Concessions. Thanks, guys. Spooky. Bye. You don't, you don't want to say bye, Charles? Bye. <laughs> <laughs>